Episode 95 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace, even though we've been going for a minute now. You missed it. Yeah, you all fucking missed it. I said some dumb shit, but it's all right. <laughs> Nobody knows nothing. So yeah. this mic picks everything. It's going to pick all, everything just, up. Just, just speak the way you're speaking. This is right. a fucking billion dollar mic right here. No, not really. It's like $400. That might, that's, anything past 100 it might as well be $17,000. It might as well. It's all the same shit, yeah, right? Yeah, once you get past the $100 mark. It was my Father's Day gift to myself last year. Yeah? Yeah. This is like a $43,000 mic. This it is. is. 43000 yeah, it's like the fucking, like the telescope, Lucifer, the one they have in the Vatican. It's like the most expensive telescope in the world. Is it? World. How do you know these things? All right, yo, Ill Billy Idol, the cult leader, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? What's how going do, on? How do you say There's that? a lot going on. How do you say that? How do you say what? Well, how do you, how do you say do? that? How do you do? How do you do? Top of the morning to you. We're off, it's off a little, we're getting off a little St. Patrick's Day. That's right. All right, we were, to, we were just talking. Canarsie. 5714 Farragut Road. Right, 5714 Farragut Road is not Canarsie. You got to cross the street to get to Canarsie. So, so what is that cross, technically? It's it's East Flatbush. But it's, it's really like it's really technically it's only like a matter of a f- couple of feet, though. It's it's literally you cross the street and you're in a different uh, area uh, zip code. You're That's fucked out. Uh, Glenwood Projects is one one two three four, and you cross the street to, right. s- to South Shore High School, right. and one one two three six Canarsie. Literally, oh, that cross the street. I didn't even know that. So we used to go to the Milky Way. That was our like grocery store. Remember, of course, we used to have to go to Canarsie to go to the Milky Way. We yep. cross the street. Yeah, yep. See, a lot of people don't know, and Bill didn't even realize, and now it's, it's slowly coming back to him that he might remember me from way back in the day. I think I remember your face. Some people's faces never changed, but you were like little. A younger version of yourself. I was a little younger version of myself. I was a little bit pudgy, and I had a mullet and probably like an Exodus or an Anthrax t-shirt on. Everybody was pudgy then. Yeah, we all were. Everyone had mullets then. I'm still pudgy. You had a mullet. Huh? You had a mullet. No, you didn't really have a mullet. You had more more like the Paul Baylor hairdo. That was a mullet. That was exquisite. Yeah, that was a mullet. That was a type of mullet. That was a big thing. That was like a fucking Arkansas fucking <laughs> uh, Arkansas waterfall. Yeah, I can't call that. Is that what that is? Yeah, there's different things. We come with a lot of different names for the dudes, for the head dudes. <laughs> that might be like the name of this episode. Like yeah, the Arkansas a, waterfall. Could be a Tennessee. Tennessee there got to be a song. Could be some type of waterfall. <laughs> Any mullet. Any mullet. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Oh, listen, I guess. Business it. in the front, party in the back. Exactly. <laughs> oh. I had a fucking mullet at one point. Right? Oh, yo, I, had, I had, every, had every hairdo you can imagine. I had the fucking Dutch boy bull head fucking hair. Did you have spikes? I had fucking spikes. I, had, I used to beg my parents for years, cut my hair. Everybody thought when I was three, four years old, uh-huh. I was so fucking handsome. I was such a gorgeous kid. Yeah, I, I see. They thought I was a girl. Bro, you don't want to know the story? I was a pretty little girl. I was too. Because my hair was long. I said, listen, cut my fucking hair. I used to beg them. My grandmother had a beauty parlor in Staten City. I used to sit on the fucking 
telephone books and yeah. cut my fucking hair. I looked like a little chick too when I was little. I had, I had blonde hair ringlets, bro. I looked like a little broad. Bro, everybody had that fucking fucked up Dutch boy hair or fucking Adam Rich from fucking 80s and up. <laughs> yes. fucking haircut. Yes. I used to walk around like an asshole with a, like to fucking put a ball on my head before they cut it. I used to look like that kid. Yeah. Your mom ever cut your hair in the kitchen? No, I'm telling you, my grandmother had a beauty parlor. Once so in a while, if the beauty parlor's closed, you'll get a little haircut in the kitchen? Clo- that was like the ritual. I used to go every Sunday <laughs> yeah. to see my grandmother, and right. if I needed a haircut, right. she, to- she, she would refuse for about two hours, and then she'd eventually do it. They didn't want to cut my hair. They used to get off on people thinking I was a, I was a, a, a girl. Oh, so you were like the brunt of their jokes. It's fucked up. It's fucked up if you Back think about then, it. Back then, you know what? Kids <laughs> are still the brunt of our jokes, I think, now, but now everything's more PC. Yeah. So, you know, everybody has kids now, is every, you know. Yeah. You put them up on a pedestal in of a course. way that our parents did the exact opposite. No. You know, they, yeah. hey, fuckhead, get over, go, go get another beer. You know, not shit a big, like that. Not a big deal at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I grew up that way. So now I can never be like to my daughter, nine years old. Hey, fuckhead, go get me another what? Yeah, I wouldn't even think it's happen. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. No, it's different. <laughs> I would Those never do bags. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking funny. So, all right, so let's take it back a little bit because, because, like I told you, I, first of all, I appreciate you doing this because you do no radio. So, you, that, so you picked me. Shout out to and Howie I'm Abrams. Honored. Shout out to Howie Abrams. Shout out to Howie Abrams and Merciless Radio. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I appreciate it because, like, like we were talking before I press record, we don't, you don't do radio because of certain reasons. Late, lately, I just haven't done. I just haven't. I haven't done it. This is. Yeah. I mean, if we, if you, I know you don't want to call this radio. But well, whatever yes. you want. I don't care. You call it whatever you want. But aside from doing my own radio show with Howie, I haven't really done radio. It's not necessary? I don't think so. Right. I don't think I have to do it. You know? It's At this point in your career. That's why I want to do it. And when somebody wants me to do it, you know? Yeah. They care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll do it. I'll I'm, do a ca- it. I'm a caring guy, Bill. That's why I'm doing it. See? Oh, see? That, that comes through. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Canarsie thing. It's got to be a Canarsie thing. There's, yeah. there's things. But, see, there was, there's a lot I think we could talk about because we both... All right. I went to South Shore... Kind of. You said that you were enrolled in South Shore. I was Shore. enrolled in South Shore. But I don't think I ever remember seeing you there. I remember seeing Mitch Gore-Tex there once or twice, but I really didn't hang out. Nah, he didn't go to school. He didn't, he stopped going. He actually never... I never seen him in a class. I seen him in the hallway. Like, once or twice, and that was it. That's more than I did. Once or twice. See? Because, we, you know, we were neighbors. We lived right next to each other. Right. So I never even... Dealt with him in school. Right. No dealings in school. Right. Plus, he's younger than me. Mm-hmm. So, we had no classes together. I, I'm really, I honestly, even though it sounds like I'm joking, like I never went to school, I never went to South Shore. Never. Ah, uh, twice, three times. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Like, homeroom twice, maybe. Yeah. I so, you didn't went. get the recording at the house? No, I got the recording every morning. <laughs> I got the recording. Yeah. My mother was always in the shower when the recording came. So oh, now, perfect time. I don't know how that worked out. Like that it Worked out like, good Worked out great You didn't and get caught to, out there They used to call every morning No, by the time I got caught out there I already told the You know, we figured it out This is same for me I just, yeah I got my GED Right But uh, We were already playing Lemoore's by that time Which sounds crazy So So enter For the people that don't know Which if If If, if you've been following Bill In any capacity And you do a little bit of homework You should know A little bit of roots Bill doesn't believe me That I know a lot about him but uh, and the, was Injustice your first band? Yep. And that was you, yep. 
Necro? No, not originally. No, Mike Palmieri? Yes. No, not originally. Not originally. That second demo. Mike Palmieri, yes. Mike Palmieri was not on the first demo. Which is the Cursed Earth demo. The, right. He was not on that demo. Right. Necro and Mike Palmieri were not on that demo. Okay. We're not on... We're, See, that I didn't know. They weren't. Okay. The, the first demo, the Cursed Earth demo... Right. Uh, didn't even, doesn't even have our first singer on it. Our first singer is a guy named Jerry Body, a Brooklyn guy. I know Jerry. You know Jerry. I know Jerry for years. Okay, Jerry was our first singer. Jerry was my high school friend. I had no idea that Jerry was the first singer of that. I know he was in Last Rites, and then he was in New York City Strength. This and all that. before I know, all that. yeah. This was Jerry's first, this was me. Me and Jerry started Injustice. Pretty much. Me, Jerry, and Mike Nabatov. Okay. Started Injustice. It was it was our band, the three of us. Okay. Probably me and Mike. Me and Mike started it, and then we shortly after Jerry joined. Right. And then uh, we also then we shortly after that got Al Taffarelli was our first drummer. Okay. And uh, that was it. That was the first. Uh, that was the first lineup of Injustice. We played our first show at the South Shore Battle of the Bands. Sick. It was us. Uh, uh, Life of Agony Who at that time Wasn't Life of Agony yet They right. were called Demented Retribution Sick That was the name of the band And it was like Three out of the four guys Yeah it was probably like same Keith, It was probably like Keith Allen and like Jimmy Chan The drummer or something maybe No Eric Chan G- He was not around No the no Asian There guy. was other drummers around okay. Before that kid And in fact Mike Palmieri After he left Injustice Joined Life of Agony, Life of Agony. But uh, nah, Joey. It was Joey Z, Keith, and uh, and Alan who okay. were in that battle, and whoever was playing drums for them at the time. And there was some other band called uh, called Merge, but they used to be called Tainted Evil, and like had, they were real grungy as Tainted Evil. They were around for a couple of years. But Tainted Evil turned that, wound up turning into Wrench later. But they right. turned into Merge. Okay, and they did. They they you know. They like cut their hair. They got they turned into Guidos. <laughs> they turned into like New York hardcore Guidos, right? For merge, it was weird, and it. Although I could be fucking the whole thing up, and could be tainted evil with something else. But listen, I have tainted evil fucking riding around in a fucking IROC Z in my head right now. Listen, tainted evil. You want to talk about IROC Z? Is the drummer from Tainted Evil? <laughs> yeah. His name was was Joe. Okay. Couldn't tell you his last name because everybody we all don't knew him as Joe Dickhead. Nice. The only person that didn't know was him. <laughs> he lived on. Shout out to Joe Dickhead. Shout out to Joe Dickhead, who became like a Nazi skinhead at some point later on. <laughs> oh, okay. He's alive and not like addicted to fucking crystal meth, like somewhere in Arizona. Right. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But, but probably. Maybe. But probably. <laughs> either that or he's like in fucking Washington Heights with 15 kids. But he was like an Irish kid. He lived in, in Glenwood Projects. He was a big, overgrown goon type of kid that played drums. He used to always set up his drums near the window. Like anybody in the project wanted to hear him yeah. playing drums. Of course, he was gassed on himself and he would play drums and fucking Joe Dickhead. He was from Tainted <laughs> Evil. We used to call him Tinted Window. <laughs> nice. Yep. Tinted yep. window. Yeah, and it was weird because we. Let's bring it back. That's like that's like late eighties. No, eighty eight. This is eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, something like that. Yep. But uh, but yeah, fucking. We we used to 
I think some of the band members were interchangeable at some point. Like I, I was singing and playing bass for a while. Then I even stopped playing bass, and then we got Mike Case from uh, Tainted Evil. Okay, joined uh, Injustice for a while. But yeah, we had a run. We did. We did a bunch of. I still have. I still have the Inhuman Conditions demo. Right. So that demo uh, was our second demo. Right. That. That's when things got a little more serious, and my brother joined, and uh, uh, Mike Palmieri joined. Right. And getting Mike Palmieri was a big deal because before he joined Injustice, he was in a. He had a hairdo too. Oh, he had a fucking mop. He was like our own kind of Danny Lilker, but like our own personal. We had our own Danny Lilker in our in our crew. Right. He was really really tall and had that similar kind of hair to Danny to Danny. Yes. You know, uh, but. Uh, he was not nearly as cool as Danny Loka. <laughs> in a zillion ways, he, he was not. But, There's not too many people that are as cool as Danny Loka. But he was a cool motherfucker. Shout, right. out, shout out to, to Mike Palmer. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to shit on him. He, he was a cool dude. Yeah. But he, Danny Loka, he was not. <laughs> but um, shout out to Danny Loka, by the way. That's, that's the homie. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was in a, in a cover band called Arion that played fucking Rush covers. That's weird. That won the Battle of the Bands that I just told said Doing Rush covers? Doing Rush covers. Are you a Rush fan? I was never the biggest, the greatest <coughs> of Rush fans. Uh, all right. You know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't hate on them. You had to be a, decent enough on your instrument to play. It's kind of almost yeah. like a masturbation kind of exercise yeah. once you really kind of started knowing how to play your instrument oh yeah. we're gonna do rush covers yeah you know, yeah. yeah you know so they were doing that and the guitar player was this Chinese kid named Harvey Lee shout out to Harvey Lee if you, I don't know where the fuck he is yeah. I would like to know but uh hopefully he's not in Arizona smoking meth with Joey Dickhead that's right that's right <laughs> hopefully not but uh yeah yeah there's a lot of fucking there was a big cast of characters back then like, and, you, and you guys opened because you have a lyric in one of your songs that you guys opened up for Sepultura at Lamore's. Yeah. And that was with Injustice. That was. Yeah. That was. That was a great show. That what was, was that tour? That was... That was... That was that Beneath was, the Remains? No. That was, Schizophrenia. No, that was Beneath the Remains. That was... That was... Yeah, Oof. that was Beneath the Remains with uh, Obituary and Sadus. That's fucking retarded. Openers. Yeah, that was... That was like my favorite show at Lamore's. Fuck, man! But uh, there's a special place. I think Lamore's comes up a lot on the on this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've noticed you got a lot, a lot of a lot of dudes and bands doing doing the show. So yeah, that's it's mostly that's music, be- and it's not necessarily. It started out. I don't bet you not too many hip hop guys talking about Lamore's though. No. You no, know, but you're like unless you're talking about Lamore East, <laughs> right? No, 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 definitely not. It's like because that was you, more of a hip hop. Kind of off the top of my head, you're like the second or the third hip hop dude that I have on. Okay, I had Diabolic on. Okay, you, and I'm so and and I just dropped Havoc. Word, which was cool. Word was cool. up. Yeah. So what the fuck? I just I just fucking no. Nah, so you know. We we had the original original lineup and and, and uh, it, it uh, evolved into Necro and and Mike Palmieri and that was the era that we did Lamar's doing uh, you know there was there was a kind of a, a a thing where four or five bands would open all the shows it all was the, the national national shows it was the greatest and we 
were one of those four bands for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, and uh, we would open up for anybody. It could be Ludacrist, you know, Biohazard. We did tons of shows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Napalm Death. Sick. But, um... Yeah, that, that, was the, you know, that, that was the beautiful thing about Lemoore's, like... All these national touring bands, everybody from like fucking Metallica and all the bands that you just named, like they would be local openers. That's right. That lived in Brooklyn, kids with a demo out would be able to open up for these fucking that, tour packages. That's right. That's right. I mean, the thing is, it's not like we just could have. It wasn't that simple. No, I but mean, you had the opportunity. Made, well, what it was was we had a we had a basically this is how it happened. I was always in Lemoore's as a as a fan, just going to see shows. Sure. Too young to be there with a fake ID, have any type of fake bullshit. Same here. That's how it was back in the day. Yep. New York City, it didn't matter. Yep. As long as you had some kind of fucking card with a, uh, the year you were born on it and it was making sense, yep. that you were in. So when I was 14, 15, you know, I was in Lemoore's. I was already going to Lemoore's for yep. a couple of years. Same here. 16 to get in. So, yep. um, yeah, I was there 14 or 15. First show was Anthrax, Satan's Lounge Band. So like you know so so if you remember that time sure uh, really the only band that was like you know you had you had some local bands we didn't really look at them as local they were little, like local but bigger than local yeah like like carnivore yeah you know sure and um, the biohazard guys were were roadies initially yeah before biohazard popped off yeah and it was a, it was a studio that we used to all rehearse in fast lane. <laughs> No, this is before Fastlane. This is called Ace, Ace London. London. Shout out to Joe Bravo. Joey Bravo is one of the greatest dudes in the world. Yep. And even though we drove him fucking nuts and we were probably the biggest fucking pains in his ass, uh, he, God bless him, we would fucking trek all the way from fucking Glenwood Projects to fucking Avenue P. Quentin Road over there where they were at. Which is a long fucking way to, to walk. Yeah. With guitars and fucking, you know, our fucking pedals and fucking, you know, all the fucking uh, accessories you need yeah. to fucking plug all that shit in. Yeah. And 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 we'd get there and with no money to fucking be able to even pay for our studio time. He used to let us run a tab. And, you know, we'd pay when we had money. And he yeah. still would let us maintain our slide and was, was a super important person at that time in Brooklyn that helped nurture a lot of bands, young bands, especially us, where we had my brother playing guitar. I was 13 years old at that time. Sick. Years before he was even allowed to be in Lemoore's legally, he was on stage performing. It was, yeah. It was a weird time, bro. It's fucking it kinda, beautiful. It goes hand in hand with how Brooklyn was so different. Yeah. The world was so different back then. Sure. It was just a weird time. It's bugged out to look back on it now to think he was like a fucking child pro pro guitar prodigy. Yeah. You know, like, Playing fucking like Ingvay Malmsteen type shit. Yeah, like fucking, fucking breaking out solos. And not shit joking. Like I'm not exaggerating. Like, yeah, that shit was real. He he was he was like that. Yeah, and we were all the rest of us were all 16, 17. So yeah, we were, like right behind him. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, good at our shit, doing your shit, doing yeah. it, doing it. Because you can't get up on stage at Lemoore's and rock. And not know how to. You play can't this. fake. I that mean, you shit. can't. You can. There's a certain. Listen, Molly Crew. Use a lot of bands were never as great as Rush was. Like we was just saying. You know You're what not I mean? going to shit on Motley Crue. No, you? I love Motley Crue. Thank I'm saying you. Is, I'm not going to say we were any better <laughs> than Motley Crue. Kidding, guys. Well, listen, that's saying that's saying a lot because to play thrash metal, yeah. you have to be a lot, 
a lot better than Molly. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. absolutely. So sure. we we would play Molly Crew songs with our fucking eyes closed. Yeah. You no know, covers. Yeah. The play what we were playing was definitely uh, a bit more advanced for our age. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. And not even trying to pat myself on the back, but this is what, what this is this facts. Is, this is feedback that we got where when we would send our demo out, we would get into. Um, a uh, 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 metal forces magazine, crazy. Where everybody from with the pedigrees of you know Anthrax to whoever bands of that nature, Guns and Roses was in Metal Forces demo section before yeah. they got signed. It's, it's, it's facts. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Soul is injustice. Both yeah. are demos. You got the magazine still? I have it somewhere. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, was I, gonna say, I save all that shit. I have, I have a, my, my archives bananas. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, we're sitting here, and it's like just, just your records behind me is bananas. So, word. word. So, all right, so now, Injustice, I guess, I mean, we don't have to get into every single nitty grit, but it pretty much runs its course. And then, yeah, I mean, and then how does, out of that whole thing, and then what happens in between... The, the end of Injustice and the beginning of what would become nonfiction. And what's in between that? Is there anything in between? A lot that? of things in between. That a nobody knows? A lot of shit is in between that um, a lot of people probably don't know. Yeah, I mean... Speak on lot. it if you want. If not, we could just skip. I don't care. No, nah, I mean, it's, just, it's you know... The floor is yours, I give bro. You the, um, I'll give you the, the speed round version. The abridged version, if you will. Yeah, what happened after, after the... Um, in human conditions demo is this is around the time that like Biohazard had just dropped the, their first album on Maze Records yep. shout that? out to Danny Shuler because he was on a couple of episodes ago shout out to the whole Biohazard Biohazard, yep. Biohazard was was a real big deal in Canarsie fuck yeah they and, were you know they, they were they were dudes they were neighborhood dudes so it was like one of those things where when I was 12, 13 years old I knew Evan from Biohazard because he delivered pizza for Lenny and John. Lenny and John's. I remember that. pizza in my house. And there wasn't a lot of people that rocked Iron Maiden t-shirts with long hair. He was older. They were older than me, yeah. you know? So I, I knew anybody that had long hair that lived in the neighborhood. I didn't know them personally. But I knew who the fuck they were. Yeah, you know they stuck out. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I remember Bobby Hamball used to be in the fucking... The, the, um, the, the junior high school park with a fucking acoustic guitar. Long before... We, he was the yeah. Biohazard didn't exist yet yeah. he had hair down to his waist from playing fucking Exodus songs on an acoustic like and just trippy sh- yeah. uh, trippy fucking uh, memories, memories like, that. like that I could just pull out of a hat well like, yeah I, time. I met Bobby when he worked at Mark's Aquarium on Utica Avenue wow Mark's he, Aquarium he sold me my three first iguanas and he was talking to me about how he has a Mojave rattlesnake this and that talking to this dude like I don't know who the fuck he is at all He at the time he, he had a shaved head but at the time also he had like a lot of tattoos he had a POW MIA t-shirt on it looked like he had like a lot of ornaments there was a lot of bracelets and big rings and shit well and he was talking to me about rattlesnakes I'm like this fucking 12 year old kid with a mullet and a fucking belly and and he's fucking talking to me about this shit next thing you know you know this Biohazard I'm like yo that dude sold me my first three lizards like so weird Biohazard yeah, they were really good dudes they were, they were they were dudes where from I could tell you like the battle of the bands that I was telling you about that we did our very first show at yeah uh out of out of everybody in the band, out of everybody in my band, we knew we all knew them, but I think Jerry probably knew them the most. Right. And uh, uh, 
they live right across the street. They all had, I don't know what the story was, but I think they had a, a house that every, the, either the whole band or almost the whole band was living in the house. Really? Yeah, like across by like Burger King, across the street from, from South Shore High School. Okay. And somehow, some way, they let us use their amps, or half an amp, or half a stack type shit. Oh, no we shit. used some of their equipment, some of their ampage. At, at the high school They let us As long as we brought it Back and forth Oh no it, shit It was right across the street Oh yeah So them <laughs> dudes Were always really good dudes In the sense that They didn't look at us Like we were a bunch of Stupid little kids They They looked at us Like Fucking We had potential Yeah And were, were cool in that way They could have been Fucking assholes about it And we still would have Looked up to them Yeah But they weren't They were super fucking cool I yeah. always have love For the biohazard dudes All of them The yeah. whole fucking band Yeah They were all great Great guys And yeah. they still are So shout out to biohazard And I yeah. just have to say They were very inspirational Yeah so, so So We'll go back now To like Right before Injustice Split up Alright Was around the time That biohazard dropped their debut album Right Maze Records I forget where they were based But I think it might, might, may have been A Canadian label Something like that But uh, I remember we were Playing material That was going to be The next demo The third demo And it was way better And way more advanced Than anything we had done before We were just really like Speeding On, yeah. on the what were, you listening, what were you listening to At the time? A lot of obituary. So imagine that like solely rewrite rock cause cause a death. That shit. era, that era. Yeah. So imagine that mixed with like Sepultura. Imagine right. a cross between cause of death obituary and like beneath the remains uh, yeah. schizophrenia Sepultura. That's what injustice sounded like. So at that time, that Billy is- Billy from Biohazard uh, was telling me about Maze. And was feeling like Maze would want to sign us and was really like uh, encouraging, you right. know? And we were really, 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 really psyched about that. But when I say we, I don't mean all of us. I mean, <laughs> I mean me. Are you? <laughs> because other people in the band had other plans. And I think uh, um, a record deal at that time spooked Mike, my guitar player, who was really. My right hand man in the band it was okay. really my and Mike's band, you know. Even though it could have, should have been, would have been Necros too. Right. He was just younger than us. Mike right. was even older. Mike, the two Mikes were even older than me by a couple of years. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was me and Mike's band in a lot of ways, and um, Mike pretty much was like, "Yo, I'm out. Like, I, I can't. I don't want a record deal. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm worried that I'm gonna end up homeless. Like, none of this is gonna work out." And he was a really, really smart kid. Yeah, yeah. yo, shout out to Mike Navatore. We still hang out. Yeah. To this day, still the homie, one of my oldest friends. Yeah. Became a computer programmer and, and went All into right. bitcoins. And he's okay. chilling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but and, and, but I, I, just to fucking break his balls, <laughs> I will say to this day, he still says, yo, oh, I should have never, yo, we should have just done that, man. Yeah. You he never know. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm glad I, I don't have that yeah. thing. I, I, I always did it how I thought I should do it, and I, it might not have been the the path that I was on with Mike, right? But we ended up doing hip hop, and here we are. You know what right. I mean? And it, yeah, I made a career out of it. But um, at that time, Mike got nervous. He got cold feet, right? And it really fucked everything up because it was me and him pretty much 
putting everything together and yeah. it was just I, I you know I couldn't it was it was weird because around that same time me and Necro started doing hip hop demos we started figuring out how to make you were listening I mean obviously I mean you were in the projects and shit and plus this is the time frame where hip hop is blowing up you're also you're listening to like fucking solely we rot but then you're also listening to all sorts of hip hop yes everything time. yes cool yeah. G rap and yeah. slayer Sick. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ghetto Boys and Obituary. Yeah. And everything in between. You yeah. know what I mean? We yeah, we listen to everything. Yeah. I mean that's that's part of also I think if you talk to any musician, um because even though we were really young, we that was what that was we were musicians. We yeah. that was what it was. We, yeah. we were really serious. Yeah. Probably way more serious then than than I am now. This <laughs> 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 is pretty funny, but yeah. But we was real serious, so we listened to everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, and uh, we we were we were super into hip hop. In fact, I was rhyming uh, years before I ever started playing in a band or anything like that. I was you know I wasn't recording demos. Nobody had equipment. We couldn't we couldn't do it like yeah. how you do it now. Yeah. So it wasn't. So you're rhyming like, with a mullet and a bullet belt on. Yes. Sick. That's yeah. heavy, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Well, you know, watching Friday night videos, watching yeah. U sixty eight. People might not know about U sixty eight. I know about it. Sure. U sixty eight was like the um, poor man's MTV. Yeah. You know, it was like on the U. Yes. Channel on the click, click, click. Deal. You had to like, yeah. you had to like, you had to like take a fucking. Uh, a hanger and bend it into fucking a pentagram and then fucking glue it to the wall. <laughs> yes. And, you know what I'm saying? And then it might only work for an hour. But then, only a pentagram. You know, just some crazy yeah. configuration. I know. Some sort. I know. You know what I mean? But yeah. If you did it into a pentagram, you'd get Midnight Metal. Right. New Rochelle. Sick. And you only, you know, we used to, we, you, could, you could talk to anybody from, <laughs> from, from the guys in Metallica to the guys... In, in the Beat Nuts or Tribe Called Quest mm -hmm. legendary people from any genre mm -hmm. and they'll tell you these same type of stories of listening to radio shows that were like on the edge of the on dial on the edge and, and then you like, just a, a hair and you get something in Spanish that's right yeah. so this is what we did and, and hip hop and metal were both the only two musics that really to me were um aggressive you know what I mean? Absolutely. I won't say youth culture because there was, you know, uh, a lot of, there's a lot of all different kind of music and different people, different music for different people. Yeah. Of course. I mean, at know? the time, there's some kids listening to New Kids on the Block, dude. Listen, Morrissey, who I never listened to. All right. You know what I'm saying? But everybody loves. All right. Yep. I'm it's not like, a fan. No, me and you are the only ones. Okay. Okay, but but listen, that's okay. You we got a silent part over here. Shout out to Tommy Revels sitting here. <laughs> Yeah, I know he loves he loves he the does Mars. he's he, he loves the Mars loves, loves the Mars but but you know not aggressive no okay and I I was into more aggressive shit right hip hop and and metal yeah you know it's both I mean they both I mean it sounds cliche but it's the truth like they both came pretty much out of the street and struggle no that's it yeah so we listen we listen to both hip hop was always easier to do like you know in the sense of all you need to do is bang bang out a. a on, on a bang on a table or bang bang out a beat against the wall at yeah. the, you know at lunchtime on the on the fucking on the thing and fucking and we would we would rhyme you know it was no big deal mm -hmm. not you know like uh i i really didn't think about it like like um uh like seriously until after i got the taste of being in a band and i yeah. started understanding how to put shit together and go to a studio and Start understanding things, and of course, time had went by. The Beastie Boys had already came out. Um, One of my favorites, still you know, the Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys 
incredible. Um, I was a, a third base fan. Yeah. So you know, after seeing a couple, a couple, two, three groups come out that are like, you know, who else was? There's a couple other. Rappers, you know, Everlast was around at that time. I actually didn't know. Rhyme Syndicate. Yeah. I didn't know Everlast was even white. I thought he was like Puerto Rican or some shit when he right. first came out. But um, with the syndication song. Yeah. But but uh, regardless, it was a, a good time uh, to spit as a white kid because there wasn't many white kids no. spitting at that time. No, who'd you have? Besides, like you said, besides Everlast and the Beastie Boys, really... There really wasn't any... base, but... There really wasn't anybody. There was yeah. there was a couple people that ended up surfacing around that time, and also yeah. we surfaced too. Yeah. But we, you know, th- th- there was only a few people doing that, and what was cool about it was that we were really aggressive. So we brought that aggressiveness from metal, and we brought that into the material. Yeah. The, what we were doing. And because of that... We looked like fucking aliens, and some people were horrified yeah. by what we were doing. But the majority loved. What yeah, we were doing. fuck it. It was crazy because we would, we would go into into clubs and be the only two white kids there, and I'm sure they thought half of the people there thought I was Puerto Rican, but there was no way. Because I had fucking truck jewelry, mouth full of gold teeth, the beginnings of a gold teeth. Yeah. You know. The so beginnings. I, so you didn't even connect I could have been Blanquito. No, it yeah. didn't connect. Didn't connect. But my brother looked white as white can motherfucking white can be. He right. looked like Pete Nice's younger brother. Nice. Type of motherfucker <laughs> with fucking cuts in his eyebrows, one gold tooth in his mouth. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and we always had $200 polo shirts. Yeah. And everything else that came with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So... Yeah. We looked like fucking aliens. Motherfuckers didn't know if they was going to try to rob us and get shot. Right. If they was going to fucking... It was, so, yeah, they, either, either these dudes are really stupid or they're fucking batshit crazy, so we leave them alone. And that's that, and that's what used to happen a lot of times. Yeah. Well, sometimes motherfuckers used to get ugly. Yeah. You know, it, it, but that's nightlife, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it, was, it was no big deal. We used to... Everybody used to be brawling back then. Yeah. That's part of... That's part of what's missing from, from, mm. from nowadays. And not the sense that it's cool. I'm not gonna, right. gonna glorify violence and it's cool to beat people up or for people to get beat up or right. anything of that nature. I'm not just trying to say that. Right. But listen, sometimes some people need a fucking smack in the mouth. Right. You know what I mean? And but now everybody got cameras. cameras so you slap you someone in the mouth and tell me where. You can't do anything anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Everybody, you know what I mean? So it was a different time and it was it was a good time for because of that, I think. I yeah. think, you know, it was realer then. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? absolutely. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a uh, it was it was a bugged out time because it wasn't how it is now where we can fucking just uh, uh, set up a studio in our in our houses, right? You know, in the crib, how everybody else has now. Back then, you had to fucking just to record two three songs. You had to start with a fucking two inch reel. Yeah, a two inch reel back then cost two three hundred dollars. So imagine your blank tape. Cost three hundred dollars. Uh-huh. So now, if you want to record a song, you better be fucking serious. Either somebody has to be sponsoring, paying for your studio time, yeah, a label, a manager, which we had none of. None of. You know right. what I mean? So we had to save up our money to yeah. fucking do that type of shit. But the thing that was cool about it and was refreshing about doing that was after being in a band trying to corral four or five guys into playing the same notes in tune on time it was stressful yeah and I was really more or less the band leader right so it fell on me to do that 
And then to go from that to being able to just go to a studio and just pull up a beat and rhyme over and a just beat. spit a spit a verse. Mm-hmm. It was like I felt like a caveman just just discovered fire. Yeah, that's you know fucking I mean? beautiful. Yeah, yo, and and so that's why I never looked back. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's one of the reasons why over the years people have always asked me, "Why don't you start a band? Why don't you join a band? Why don't you?" Yo, trust. It's not. That easy. It's right place, right time, right people. Yeah. It's like being married to fucking a bunch of people. Yeah. Never, a minimum of three people. Two or three people. Marriages nowadays, two people don't last. Right. Imagine being married to more than one person. People are partying. There's drugs involved. Yeah. Jealousy. You're young, so everybody has an ego. Yeah. It's bizarre, dude. It's, yeah. You know. It's, it's crazy. You know, and I didn't want any part of that after. The injustice shit fell apart. I don't blame I you. I was turned off. In fact, I stopped listening to metal for a while. Really? Yeah, like stopped checking for all new shit for really? years after that. I was turned off. That oh. turned off. I just wouldn't okay. fuck with it. You know? Right. I listened, kept listening to my old shit, my classic favorite shit. Yeah. But I just stopped, like, checking. Like, around that time, like, bands like Suffocation and Immolation yeah. and those type of bands were starting to come out. Like, those were the, the last few band local bands we were doing shows with right. before we split. Yeah. And that was around the time I stopped. You okay. Know what I mean? Listening. Yeah. You know what I mean? so. so then you met up with, eventually, you met up with Gore Tex. No, I mean, me and Gore-Tex, through all of Injustice... Well, I mean, met up as far and decided to create you, you, you know, the whole non-fiction deal. Well, the thing is, Gore, Gore, never, Gore never rhymed. Gore didn't rhyme. Really? Gore, no. Gore didn't rhyme. Gore didn't, Gore, um, aspired to rhyme. Right. But he didn't, he wrote little, little rhymes here and there and whatnot. But he wasn't really rhyming in the, like in the eighties. Right. You know what I'm saying? What about Eric? But Eclipse. Where was Eclipse throughout the whole like, We didn't even know Eclipse yet. Okay. I hadn't met him yet. Alright. And Sabak Eclipse isn't from New York. Eclipse is originally from Rhode Island. Okay. Sabak also we had not met him yet. Sabak was from Brooklyn. Okay. But from like he went to Lafayette High School. He's from the other side of Brooklyn. Other side, sure. So more Sheepshead Bay, Marlboro yep. Project side. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Coney yep. Island area. Yeah. Um the thing is, uh, no, me and Gore, what happened with me, see, Gore was like the fifth member of Injustice. Mm-hmm. Gore was always around. We, we, we All our rehearsals, Gore was there. If we did a show, Gore was there. He was always, he was our shadow. Right. In a, in a, in a cool way. He was the homie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if, um. Support we, all the time. If we look back and there's pictures of the band, probably Gore took them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He was just always around. We always hung out. And, um, Gore was my boy that we, I used to go at age 12, 13, 14, 15, go to see shows at Lemoore's and go to the record store and buy albums. If I bought an album, it was like he bought the album. You know what I mean? We uh-huh. didn't have to... You dig what I'm saying? So if we went together, it was like, I might only had enough money to buy one album and he might only had enough for one album. Mm-hmm. But we went home with two albums because whatever he got, I taped and vice versa. So we shared our music in that way and that was... we were tight like that you know what I mean okay since, and, since um, we're on Gore it was like that with hip hop too okay you know? oh no shit yeah alright well since we're on Gore before I forget he knew we were doing this what so he hit me up mm-hmm. and I have to ask you about something alright this is Gore talking to me you have to ask him about Elliot from the projects who would run through naked at 3 in the morning with his father chasing him and a loaf of bread what oh. the fuck does even that even mean 
Wow. Naked three in the morning, bread. Alright, I'm gonna tell I you. I want I want details. <laughs> Gore-Tex lived in the building across from uh this dude Elliot's building. Okay. And in the same building was Mike Nabatov lived in Elliot's building. <laughs> right. And also Ugg from Cellar Dwellers was his next door neighbor. They both lived in that same building with this dude Elliot who lived Mike and Ugg lived on the fifth floor and Elliot lived like on the third or fourth floor. And basically this is actually a sad story and fucked up to laugh at. So right. I'm now ruining the whole fucking story. It's all right. So all right. Regret, regretfully. But I got to keep it 1,000. It's fucked up as right. a parent. Because what, this, what happened right. to this dude was this dude was a middle-aged man when right. we were kids. But he had the mind of a fucking child. Okay. And his father was a fucking maniac, asshole, fuckface that basically... Shouldn't have been in in charge of Elliot's care, right? And was super abusive and would basically lock him out of the fucking house at naked at three in the morning, kick him out of the fucking apartment, and Elliot would cry and walk through the projects crying in the nude, in the nude. Yeah, and he would listen, you know. I want to laugh, and it was really funny. <laughs> it's back fucked then. up, but looking right. back on it now, yeah, that shit is mad dysfunctional and fucked up. Yeah, that that was allowed to happen. This is the '80s in Brooklyn, bro. Right, it's mad real. Like, this is the type of people that we, we grew up around. You know yeah, what I mean? there was this girl that lived one well, building over. I don't know. You know, you want to talk about <laughs> Elliot? Girl always about, fucking has to throw food in the mix anyway. There was a girl named Milkmouth that used to live in uh, Tanner's... Milkmouth, that's Milkmouth. heavy. She used to live in Tanner's building because she used to have dried milk shit all over her mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. And they used to call her Milkmouth. I feel bad about it. I, was I do, too, to but I got to I was never one to pick on people. But, not me but I would laugh if I was seeing it. Then would, while she would, we waiting for the bus... Every day after school, kids would like get about half an inch away from her face and be like, Oh my god, milk mouth, mouth, she got milk mouth, you know, and you're like, and then you know, and then all the kids laugh because you're a child and it's funny, yeah. So we had it's the shit show from the 80s that you gotta have to look back with a weird little way and you have to laugh, but it's still at the same time, it's sad. Glenwood Projects had. A whole cast of characters of that nature. Naked Elliot, <laughs> Milk Mouth. We had the girl, oh my God, this girl Yolanda. Looking back on it, yo, she had a fat ass, like maybe a little bit too fat for me at that time. Right. Now I probably would appreciate her physique more as a man, as a grown man. I could appreciate her Rubenesqueness, volupt- <laughs> right. voluptuousness, <laughs> right? But back then, she her ass was big, almost too big, you know. Right. And she was famous for like breaking some dude's dick, like really. Yeah, she was like riding his dick. She was on top of his dick, and then she came down, and it went and like, it cracked. It, she cracked uh, his dick. That's no good. Yeah, this is this is the type of stories I grew up with. Yeah. You know? Well, listen, they peed on, on. We weren't sheltered in any fucking way. There was this Polish girl named Agnes. They peed on her head. Ah, uh, you see? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I wasn't there, but I heard about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, these are just... Listen, a year later, the, the homie next door to me was... That was his girl. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Agnes? That? That's your girl? Oh. Uh, uh, He's like, yeah, oh, you know her? I'm like, oh, no, not really. No, not really. That's nice the Yeah, they, they, they had a conversation they, they, they fucking pissed on her. That's not nice. 
Listen, bro. This is Glenwood Project. It's not my fault. I, I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. It's just a story. Day, I wasn't there either. Listen, remember eight ball jackets? Of course. I never wanted an eight ball jacket because when they were the hottest thing on the planet, like yeah. whatever year it was, yeah, eighty six, yeah, you know, yeah, that year some kid they fucking like blew his head off. For his April jacket. jacket. Well, here's a story that the, the, the like the blood stains are still there now, oh. like thirty years later. Here's a quick story since we're talking. I don't think I've ever known you ever told this on the podcast either. Remember, remember, right after April jackets, they came out with task force jackets. Oh, of course, and all that, all those. Listen, Tommy, I got robbed at gunpoint on the corner of East Seventy Eighth and Farragut Road for my task force jacket. Wow! Yeah, I'm kind of glad. Here's the here's the quick red. Here's the quick story. It was probably somebody from Glenwood. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> Definitely was. This is the time right before we left Canarsie. My my stepfather. He's a jerk off anyway. My stepfather, his car at the time it was like an '87 or an '88 Lincoln was robbed right out of the driveway. Right. So at the time he had a rent a car and he's like this big dude, but it was like a fucking. Like a Corvette or a Firebird, like T-tops, like tiny. Like, it kind of looked like if you put, like, a potato in, like, a shot glass. That's what he looked like in the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I get robbed. Me and my friend Jeremy Camisso, rest in peace. He died early age cancer, fucked up. But we're, we're walking, and something was said, whatever, and I go to cross the street, and then one dude grabs my shoulder, and I, I threw his, his hand off my shoulder, and I was like, yo, Jeremy... I think you should run. Like, we're like only like four houses away from my house. So he ran to go grab my stepfather. I turned around and there was a gunpoint. And I, I noticed it wasn't fake because I saw the fucking the bullets in the chamber. It was a revolver. So he, I, I gave him my jacket and then I ran to the house. And, and, and I was like, yo, I just got robbed. And he ran up. My stepfather's running down the fucking stairs, loading up a gun himself. Then we all jump in the fucking in the car. And as he's driving around, anybody that he saw, is that him? Was that him? Is that they were gone because yeah. I guarantee if he would have saw it, he would have shot him in the middle of the street, broad daylight. Guaranteed. That's my that's my task force getting robbed by probably someone from the Glenwood Project. Probably. Yeah. And what's crazy is I was watching uh, CNN the other day, and somebody was getting in trouble, or somebody was something something about some you know millionaires, billionaires getting indicted, and they brought the fucking CEO of uh, Starbucks. Grew up in Glenwood Projects, bro. He's like talking about it on CNN. Really? He's like, yo, I didn't grow up with no money. I'm from the projects. And oh, like, shit. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, this guy is, is way older than us. Like, yeah. It's like, but yeah, it's pretty funny. That's fucking that. ridiculous. Yeah, I if you look it up, up, you can look that up. Yeah, and, and not just him. Uh, uh, Neil Bogart, who started Casablanca Records that had Kiss. Yeah. The Village People, Donna Summer. Yeah. He's from Glenwood Projects, too. Really? Yeah, I think. This around so. about something at the time. This is somewhere, somewhere in the vicinity. No, I'm pretty sure he's from from Glenwood. All right, it's pretty crazy. We could be fucking that up too, but who cares? And also giggles, giggles. The freestyle singers sang that song "Love Letters." Yes, just my next door neighbor. Really? She lived in the building right next to me. No shit. Yeah, Jose Respeto and Hector Respeto. I used to I used to fight them. Those were old brothers. Really? They were my arch enemies. Really? Yeah, I used to fight. Old. They were way old. Well, no, Hector was way older than me. Okay. Jose was my age. Rest in peace to Jose. He passed away, but he was uh, 
He was uh, Lizette Melendez's love interest in the Goody Goody video. <laughs> oh, really? Right. Love little interest. Fun, little fun fact. Yeah. Nice. That's fun yeah, fact. Nice fun fact. He was fun, had given her the the, 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 the deal. He was giving her the shkavon. Yeah, yeah, that thing. You know? Yeah. But, uh... Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Rest in peace to Jose. Yeah. But, yeah, his sister sang uh, Love Letters. Remember that song? Yes, I do. That's a fucking... I'm not a big freestyle guy. Listen... But I know it because it was in the, in the ether the Back then, time. that's what it was. I, oh, I'm a big freestyle guy, so... Are uh, you? That's weird. Uh, listen, I'm a weird guy. Some uh, that to some. Like I said, listen, no, what it is is I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a music guy, so right. I like everything. Mm-hmm. That's just how I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm I find I'm, something, you know. I yeah. like. I despise a ton of music. Yeah, a lot of sh- from every genre. Same here. But I like something from every genre as well. Yeah, I, I think I could probably say that for myself yeah. too. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, eclectic when it comes to my musical taste, except for opera. I'm not a fan. I don't. I don't understand. I just language. don't. You know. But I shouldn't say that. I'm just not educated enough. There you go. We're both ignorant, like That's sometimes, right. when That's it comes right. to certain things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so how does fucking nonfiction fucking happen? Nonfiction is more, uh. Cause we're going almost in chronological all the way up to Cannibal Hulk, which just dropped, so. Yes. So we're only in nonfiction days. Well. Hope we got nowhere to go, Bill. What is. No, we're gonna fucking. Okay, let's see. We're gonna fucking. We're gonna, we're gonna give. Hold it, Bill Hostage in his own fucking house. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna give you the scoop. It, from there, it went to, uh. Uh, Dead Celebrities. Okay. That's me and Gore-Tex. Okay. Dead Celebrities was around the time of, like, first Onyx album, first Black Moon album. Okay. Well, you were in the Black Moon video. I'm in the Who Got the Props video. Yes. uh, We were both managed by Chuck Chillout. Chuck Chillout was both Black Moon's first manager. Right. And Dead Celebrities' first manager. Okay. So he was... uh, trying to get us a deal at the same time as he got their them their first deal okay with Nervous Records before Duck Down right so okay yeah it was, that was that was Dead Celebrities that didn't work out <laughs> the shit with Chuck I mean every, we all fired Chuck um <laughs> and um after that uh for a short amount of time we had a a we had a group of me, Gore-Tex, and my boy, Howie McDuffie, who is not a rapper, who is known, who's one of the dudes that, like, created the street team at Loud. Oh, no He's shit. Like one of the dudes, yeah, you know, worked at Loud for okay. few years. <laughs> this is a few years before that. And, All um, right. We had a group called Department of Forensics, which is basically dead celebrities. It was me and Gore with Howie, and we were going we to be like uh, the plan. A cross between the Ghetto Boys and Two Life Crew with Howie, with 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 Howie McDuffie in the, okay. group, in the group as well. You know, he was rap, yeah. not a rapper, but for about six months he was. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and that was that was what we did before nonfiction. And what what happened was during this time, uh, I was working with um, with Joe Burgos, aka Joe Fatal. Joe okay. Fatal. Was uh, of live at the barbecue fame. He's one of the MCs. Yes. On that with, record, with, Nas, with Nas. With Nas. Yes. yes. So everybody knew Fatal at that time. In fact, I think he had, he he was signed to uh, Atlantic for a while, and it just 
got out of his deal with Atlantic. Okay. Uh, he had just beat a murder case. Really? In fact. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, he was my manager at that time and was uh, shopping a deal for me. And we were recording demos in his house. He had a little studio set up. And uh, we were doing stuff at the crib in Queens. And uh, a bunch of demos uh, were just kind of laying around. It was just, we, you know, we just didn't do anything with them. They got old. And from there, I, 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 um, I uh, was doing the, the Department of Forensic stuff. You know, this, Which is a heavy I doing, name. I was doing solo it's stuff. A dope name. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. definitely a crazy name. <laughs> oh, but, uh, yeah, good looking. But uh, it's like a lot of shit was going on at that time. I was doing solo stuff, and that was what I was doing with, with Joe Fatal. Right. It was um, Ill Bill solo stuff. Uh, but nothing was really happening with it, so we kind of just, you know, drifted, you know. And yeah. uh, um, uh, around that time, I was also um, in the studio a lot with Onyx. It was talking about me working with them and doing stuff. Um, it was like all around the same time. We're talking 92, 93, 94. Okay. You know, uh, the first time me and Necro ever went up to Stretch and Bobbito, like we, we would constantly harass Bob. We'd run up on him on the, in the street. Yeah. And he knew who we were from us calling. We'd call the show. You got to be annoying. This is back in the day, man. This is like we'd go, me and my brother would go. Bob would have a conference, a hip-hop uh, um, conference slash panel where it'd be like Master Ace and Buckshot and Cool Keith and A, B, and C would be up on the panel talking about hip hop, and then we go outside, you know, the auditorium at at Columbia University, and me and my brother would literally battle 40, 50, 60 dudes like one after another, bomb, 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 really? bomb, slay everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and motherfuckers that was there. If you knew, if you know, then you know. You was there, you know. Motherfuckers was there. So, and you guys should have had People your fucking have, proper place in the documentary. In a um, Stretch and Bob documentary? Uh, yo, I'm going to tell you like this. Did you see the documentary? Yeah, my, my, my opinion is this. I don't hate on it. It's good, but no, there's a opinion, lot of people... I didn't like it. No, I no? didn't like it. No, I didn't like it. Okay. And, and the reason why I didn't like it was because I felt like they were missing like 15 minutes of footage. And it, it wasn't me that needed to be in that 15 minutes. I'm good. Like, we talked about before we even started this podcast. Yeah. I don't need cameras. I'm good. I don't want right. interviews. Right. Just listen to the music and, and I'm happy. Yeah. Like, I don't really need the spotlight on me. So, I ain't, I'm saying this because I wanted to be in that movie. Right. I'm good. But yeah. there's a couple of the homies yeah. that was even closer to the situation than I was yeah. that were omitted from it. And I just feel like they should have been. Disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's disrespectful. Um, I think that they limited the the um, scope of what really happened right. back then. They, the story was not complete. It's an incomplete right. story. And I feel like the movie itself was was fine. Right. There's nothing wrong with what they did. Right. I just feel like they left out a few things. Yeah. And, like an extra 10 minutes. That's all. Of, you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's my opinion. Okay. You know, with that extra 10 minutes, I think I would have loved the movie. Right. Cool. But, so you were knocking down their fucking door to get up there. Oh no! I remember when the movie was being made. I definitely wasn't. I was. No, I mean, I mean, back when they were doing it. In order I remember. To get when, I remember. Oh, oh, listen. Yeah. Let, let me tell you something. I, that movie is 
actually doesn't mean doesn't mean shit to right. me as far as Stretch and Barbito. Stretch and Barbito are an institution. Oh, fuck I have yeah. the utmost respect for Stretch and Bob. Yeah. For creating the outlet that they did, the outlet that they the the um uh platform that they they had for all of us. Yeah. Was a beautiful thing. Fuck yeah. And um, you know, what we did was the rite of passage and we was like please listen to my demo you know what I'm saying and we yep. won demo contests on Stretch and Bob's show long before we went up there right. like a year or two before demos that I ended up re- releasing later on like Ill Bill's The Early Years yeah. were, were played on Bob versus other people's demos that were sent in and we won you yeah. know what I'm saying never lost a, a demo battle I think three different occasions really? we battled on Bob's show before we ever went up there to rap but Props to um, Joe Fatal for actually making it happen, getting us up there for the very first time. Because I remember when Joe was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to rep you, you know what I mean? Like, if anybody asks you if you have a manager, you tell them, I'm your manager. I'm like, oh, word? I'm like, but you know what? I don't know if I really need a manager. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, he's like, well, why don't why you say that? I'm like, well, aren't managers supposed to, like, make shit happen for you? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I've never been on the Stretch of Bob show. You know, can yeah. you make that happen? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, can I make that happen? Five minutes later, we were booked. Like, he was like, hold on a second. And, like, luckily, there was That's no beautiful. cell phone. No cell phones back then. We were near a phone. A pay phone that worked? Like, no, we were like, in my crib, either my crib or his crib. Oh, okay. He was like, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. And, like, I heard him, you know, yeah. they called Bob, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, yo, can I, you know, call either one, Central yeah. Bob. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so shout out to all them dudes. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that's Department of Forensics. Or the, yeah, I don't need to use the bathroom or anything. I can pause this or whatever if you want. Nah, I'm sure. All right, cool. So then, all right, so Department of Forensics, all that stuff, and then... So so I recorded a bunch of demos with Joe Fatal. Right. And then stopped working with him. Um, around the time that the nonfiction uh, meetings type of, like, everybody starting to meet each other... Around this, around that time, uh, Orlando again, the A&R of Delicious Vinyl. You remember that label, of Delicious course. Vinyl had Tone Loke, yes. Young MC, The Far Side. Yeah, had a lot, of, a lot of artists. Yeah. Um, he started an indie label called Southport Records. Okay. And put out an EP, and the EP had like a couple of Lord Digger songs on it. Like some other artist, and they had an artist on there named Ill Bill with a song called Dope Fiend, which was my song. But at the time, my boy Riz, who's also from Canarsie, does um, the halftime radio show with uh, DJ Clips every week. Okay. Shout out to Riz. Riz hollered at me and was like, Yo, Bill, they got you. You got your name. I'm like, What do you mean? They got me. He's like, Yo, they got They took your name. I got the record right here. I'm like, fuck. Play it for me over the phone. Like, yeah, over the phone. <laughs> yeah, play it for me. I want to hear that shit. Like, what is this going? Like, yeah. And, like, you played it for me. And what's crazy is every week I had a different voice. Back then, so he didn't know it was me. He yeah. didn't realize it was me. Yeah, because I, I, I have that early days stuff. Yeah, and, I used to, every demo was like every... Because I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know, like, nah, yeah I get it. You know, of and the thing is, it's not like I had a studio in my crib that I could just try out a million different styles and figure it out like that. I had to go to the studio and fucking every month I had a different style. Yeah, you know, until, yeah. So whatever, until whatever. But and even now, I still be 
I'll be like, you know, but whatever. You have to switch it up. You can't be the same shit. Some people can. Nas, you know, some people have that tone and they stay the same for 30 years. Yeah. I, not me. Right. But anyway, so, um, he didn't recognize it was me. Plays me plays for me over the phone. I'm like, dude, that's me. That's my shit. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Was that pressed on vinyl? He's like, yeah. I'm like, wow. I'm like, who does it say produced? You know, and he's like, tell, giving me the information and everything. I'm like, yeah. wow. You know, long story short, I was hanging around. I was hanging out. I was up at Def Jam with the, the Onyx dudes. Okay. I remember telling Sticky about it. And Sticky was like, what? I know Orlando. He was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking call him right now. Because we used to just call people all day. I remember we had, <laughs> it, there was a, you know, that, that, um, that phone with the hundred different lines on it, you know, uh, typical yeah, yeah. corporate phone. Yeah. In the fucking lounge area type thing. And we just prank people and fuck with people. And he, he was called, called Orlando for real. He was like, yo. And like a month later, I had a box of 30. You know, like he. Yeah. So what happened was I used to work in the village on Broadway between Prince and Spring at this store called Rugged. Okay. That was like a Timberland store that was like so Levi's and like Echo. And right. We had like a lot of streetwear shit before yeah. streetwear was streetwear. Yeah. Like fuck, the pervert. Yeah. Oh, I remember that shit. Yeah. Subwear. Yeah. Kingpin. Stuff that would be advertising like Yellow Rat Bastard magazine. Well, no, this was 10 years before Yellow Rat Bastard because <laughs> Yellow Rat Bastard was created by. A bunch, me and my bunch of my friends. Right. That's yeah, another no, awesomeness. I, I have the first issue. Awesomeness are on the front queue. You need that's a whole other story. Now, Yellow, we will have to get out. Yellow Rap, yeah, but see, but Yellow Rap Bassett was like a little bit later. It was more later. Okay. All the awesomeness used to work there. Yeah. Like, I had a big part in that. Okay. But that was like more clothing buyer days. Right. right. You know, like before I started working at Fat Beats. Mm -hmm. so when I started working at Fat Beats is really when nonfiction started. Right. You know what I mean? So this was right around that time. Okay. Right before I left Rugged. And what happened was, I used to see this dude that, to me at the time, looked like a like a Puerto Rican midget. Not even Puerto Rican, I found later. He looked like an Irish midget, actually. Okay. Later, it was a Puerto Rican midget, once I knew that he was Puerto Rican. <laughs> right. But, because you, know, you, didn't, you didn't really see that many red-haired Puerto Ricans at that time. No. And he was a red-haired, short dude, same uniform as me, you know, fatigues, mm -hmm. Timberlands. Hoodie, hat low. Yeah. Looking at everybody like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, which, that's the era because Sabak's like a really nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he, you know, and I like to break his balls, but he, he, you know, he was, didn't seem like a nice guy though when I seen him, right. you know? And he's just ice grill me and grill me and like, yo, I was like, who's this? I wanted to punch his head off. I'm like, who's this <laughs> short little fuck? Like yeah. stomping down the block and just, Tim's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. who is this fucking guy? <laughs> One day I'm working in Rugged and he walks in with an OC promo tape, the Word Life album, Wild Pitch promo tape. Yeah. And he was like, yo, you listen to hip hop? I'm like, no. <laughs> I have a bunch of gold teeth in my mouth. I'm like, really, bro? Yeah. He knew. We, I was playing a, 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 a stretch of Bob tape in the store probably at that time. That's like all I used to play in the store. Right. So, he came in, he knew what he was doing. He wanted to get me to play the OC tape in the store. 
Okay. So I was like, shit, hell yeah, I'll play, yeah, I'll play it. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Good looking, you know? Yeah. He's like, you know who OC is? And I was like, I'm breaking his balls. I'm like, how do you know who OC is? You yeah. know? And he's like, I work at the label. You know? And I'm like, oh, shit, so you know Search. He's like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, so if I give you something, you could get it, give it to Search for me? He's like, yeah. So okay, cool. And I had the box of 30. Ah. Of the record. I said, yeah, give me a favor and give it to Search. He's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. That was it. That's fucking, yeah, nice. So, mind you, I met Search one time, a couple years before. Joe Fado had been signed to Search's production company, Searchlight. Okay. Before I started working with him. Right. He had a falling out with Search and um, started working with me around the time he stopped working with Search and left Atlantic. All right. He basically was trying to be an artist, but really wasn't really an artist in that sense. He had the, uh, Fatal had the, 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 the charisma and the kind of the swag of like, of an artist, but really, couldn't, really wasn't a rapper. He couldn't really spit like that. Right. A lot of people were writing his shit for him. I wrote rhymes for him. Yeah. He'll admit it to this day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the homie though. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, Anyway, he was, he, was, he was trying to run for a little bit, but at this point, he said to himself, I'm going to try to get behind the scenes. And, and Fatal knew mad people. And, you know, at, at the time, I didn't really know nobody. You know what I mean? I just knew how to spit, and people liked it, that shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was trying to click up and mm-hmm. network. Mm-hmm. And um, all I remember is that Riz uh, got my brother into the battle for world supremacy. The, the big battle, the last year that the uh, New Music Seminar had the big battle that Supernatural battled Craig G. Okay. That, that year. Okay. And it was like one day was that battle, and the other day was like a mass battle with like King Sun was in it, Cheeto XL was in it at the time. My brother really? was 16 years old, came out on stage with a Charles Manson shirt and got into a <laughs> fight with... Fat, fat Dr. Dre got into like an argument with him and right. like end up like my brother ended up getting booed off the stage because of his shirt like he didn't <laughs> get the line you know what I mean yeah. like, but the person that actually got us into the new music seminar that day because shit was super all over the place and unorganized was Search Riz told us to go to Wild Pitch and Search came out to the lobby Hand us his own personal passes for us to get in, and I didn't even know Search. I never met him at the time. So I just knew him. Knew, yeah, knew I knew of, the, uh, of third base as a fan, of and I knew that he had recently got Nas signed. That much I knew. And when I say recently, it was like less than a year before. Yeah, I was gonna say matter. You know what I mean? So I yeah. wanted to work with him. I mean, I wanted whoever got Nas signed. I want them to fuck with me. You know what I mean? Like at that time, Nas was the second coming of Rakim and the newest. Ill as shit out You know what I'm saying Yeah So I'm feeling I'm ill too I'm ill built yeah. You know what I mean There you go So I want to work With this dude So when he comes out He has the passes And before I could Even introduce myself And say anything to him he, he, he fucking Gave me the gas face Real quick He was like Yo You uh, ill built Ill built And I, like, I was like Oh shit This dude Knows who I am Yeah Right I'm like yeah 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 Word Nice to meet you man He's like wouldn't even shake my hand before he, he would shake my hand. He like kind of was almost gonna shake my hand, and before he would shake my hand, he said, "You still fucking with Fatal?" And you know, I had stopped working with Fatal. Yeah. At that time, but I still, I don't didn't know what he meant by fucking with Fatal. Right. And Fatal's still my boy. Right. He's still, still the homie. Yeah. And I felt it would be disloyal at that time 
I, maybe I should have should have said, yeah, nah, I, don't, I ain't fucking with him. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And it would have been, it would have went different. Maybe nonfiction would have started a year or two earlier. Right. But instead, I was like, yeah, I still fuck with Fatal. And he was like, Psst. gave me the beatbox and the gas face oh, and walked away. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, wow. So she just gave me the gas face. Fuck that dude. Yeah, Whatever. that's fucked up. Fuck the scene, no. And, yeah. and that was it. We bounced. We went to the thing. My brother did what he did at the battle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? People were like, who the fuck are these dudes? It was like, at that time, the industry was a small, sure. small world, you know what yeah. I mean? So even though we, you know, the response that he got wasn't the response he wanted, Yeah, people still was like, who is, who the fuck was that? Yeah. With the Manson shirt, you know, who are these dudes? Yeah. And, um... With the Manson shirt. You know what I'm saying? Sick. Because there ain't no rappers wearing Manson shirts no. at that time. We're talking 90... Three. Yeah, there, there's nobody. I had a mansion shirt probably at the time, too. 92. 92, even. Yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah, man. Fucking... It was, it was ill. So, uh, two weeks after I gave Sabak that record, he calls me. Sabak calls me at the store. Right. He's like, yo, Search wants to wants you uh, to come to, to Wild Pitch. He wants to sit down. He wants to build. I'm like, word? Okay. Go to Wild Pitch, had a meeting with him, and in that meeting, it was like we were just we already knew we wanted to work together. We were like, yo, what are we gonna do a group? Are we gonna, you know? I was like, I told him, I, I, I honestly, I'm here for management, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. He wanted to start a group with me. Blew my mind. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, we should just do third base again, and you, you're gonna take over Pete, Pete Nice's um, really? spot. Yeah, and and uh, you know he was just he was just spitting it out, you know, and I was just like, hell's no! Like, <laughs> my initial gut reaction, which I still to this day I feel like yeah, I would have been corny. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. And I was a, I was a fan of of third base, but I you know that does, that doesn't mean I want to be in third base. You no. know what I mean? And um, I can't picture you bopping around videos and shit. It just Doing wasn't third base stuff. I felt really, you know what it is. I felt really confident in what I had to offer and it being something next. Yeah, that I felt like I would entertain the idea of doing something musically with Search, but it would have to be something brand new. Yeah, completely different. Sure. Which I thought would, was the I, I had a feeling would be better anyway. Right. You know what I mean? For yeah. everybody involved. Yeah. And, and he agreed. He agreed. It wasn't like you know. It was. It was just one of those things, you know. At that time, it was one of many ideas that were kicked around, and like the name of the group was. We changed it every week until it just settled into being nonfiction. What were some of the older ones? Oh, so many stupid names. Of course, there are a lot of them are stupid. Yeah, of course. One name that was. Oh, um, I can't. Bro, I can't even. I'm trying uh, to remember now. That's all right. Spot, that, that's good. It was just whatever. But yeah. Um, nonfiction wasn't spelled the way it is now. It was spelled like the regular way at first. Yeah, and then we just we flipped it, you know. And um, but yeah, that's that's what was the that was the beginning of nonfiction. Okay, and nonfiction could have been. It's weird. It's almost nonfiction parallels how La Coca started in a way almost because we didn't know what it was going to be. You know, it evolved into becoming nonfiction, and the members that are, that were in nonfiction. Yeah. It evolved into that. It wasn't like we just put it all together in, right. in a couple of days and it just happened. Like, so it evolved into whoever was took in the months. Book. And then when, when you dropped, I shot Reagan. I shot Reagan was already search was out of the group. 
Right. By this time, we were already when I shot Rain came out. We we have, we were which stopped. is obviously homage to what to suicidal to suicidal tendencies, of, of course. That that record was made for Geffen Records. We were signed to Geffen Records, recording joints for our debut album on Geffen, and that was one of the songs we recorded for Geffen, but huh. Geffen didn't want it. Really? Yeah, they said it was too crazy. <laughs> yup. Yeah, it's good. They didn't want to fuck with it. Yeah. Hey, listen, you had to make waves. <laughs> yeah, they were real nervous. Yeah, at that time, he put out his fucking hip-hop group, put out an album called I Shot Reagan. And- we asked them, though. The whole thing was, this is the thing, you know, they knew what they were getting. I don't understand. I think they're fucking idiots because... Of course they told, are. Truth be told, well, this but Okay. Granted, they thought maybe, maybe this is what they thought. Maybe they thought they were going to mold us. And that wasn't going to happen. Not us. No. I, you know, and, and you know what? We couldn't have been molded at that time. But let's say we were quote unquote smarter and right. we let ourselves be be uh, molded. Mm-hmm. The people that were trying to mold us wasn't shit. And right. they ain't shit. Right. And bottom line is this they had accomplishments, you know, a couple here and there, what they did, but. I don't even want to name names because I don't want to throw them under the bus That's or fine. give them any light. Yeah. But I will say this. They're not even in the music business now at all. Any, right. Or, or any, they have no connection to anything any of us do. Right. You know? Yeah. So it shows you, you know. Yeah. Mount Climber who plays an electric guitar. And he was on the label too. Uh, you didn't even get that, huh? Yeah, that's Woo. That's Jizza. Jizza was signed to Geffen too. Okay, gotcha. Saying the A&R is a mountain climber that, that plays in the right. so. But you say it, you said it, so it just, it's, I have to think about that for a second. You know? And, <laughs> he, was a, and he was a she. Okay. <laughs> but you know, listen, really? at the end of the day, she was cool for believing in us somewhat in the beginning and giving us a deal, you know what I mean? Right. Because it was like a $300,000 deal. Right. So, Shit. and how old are you at this time? At this point, twenty-four. All right. Oh, I thought, I thought for sure, like it was like same label as, uh, Jizza, The Roots, Guns N' Roses, Nirvana. I'm like, that's it. We yeah. made it. We made it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. like, I was like, you know, we're we're like ordering food in the in the green room with with Killer Priest. That's you know what I'm saying? Beautiful. We made it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you made that shit. That's Chill it. Kill a priest. Which eventually later on down the line you wound up doing a song with him. That's right. Yeah. But we were we were label mates at that time. Yeah. Fucking mm-hmm. crazy. So there was something I was gonna ask you. Yeah, there was I, I I seen I seen you I think it was actually the last time that I was ever at Lamore's. I wanna say it was I still have the flyer somewhere. It's a cutout of like somewhere. It was like the band shut down. You guys and Biohazard. That was when Lamore's closed for 15, 10, 15 years and yeah. like reopened again. Yeah, but then the stage was back where it originally was again. Maybe. I met yeah. you that night. I met you that night because Gore, it was bugged out. I was. It was a fucked up time in my life. I was all fucked up. But I wound up. I was living. I was living in. Bensonhurst and I wound up getting transferred to I was working in delis and shit at the time and I wound up going to Meet Supreme on Avenue L between 93rd and 94th so I'm, I'm in there and here comes this dude and I didn't recognize him 
That's the days of the fucking free sandwiches. The days of yeah. making seventeen dollars sandwiches and charging two dollars. Absolutely, man. all day for everybody. Yo, you know Gore is the king of that, dude. Well, here, here's my story, right quick. And ten k, ten of, bro. Retarded. I worked in bagel stores for years. So everybody. So did Gore. Yeah. I, well, this is what happened. Yo, you need to have a bagel episode and have Gore. Oh, I'm fucking. Oh, I worked in bagel stores all day long. Yo, Gore used to give like Q Tip and Coogee Rap free food. All of the course. Time. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Fuck it. Ain't no inventory on turkey. On like, on, on, <laughs> on 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 on, fa- on 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 Ralph Avenue, Ralph and fucking like. The Avenue J or something like that was a bagel. You know that bagel store? Yeah, yeah. At Canarsie High School? Yeah. <laughs> Gore used to work there. Did he? Yeah. Well, this is what happens. I get transferred. I'm working at Meat Supreme, right? <laughs> so I'm working there. Like one day goes by, next day, some dude comes in. I haven't seen Gore in years. Years. He comes behind the counter. He's working there. So we start talking, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, one thing leads to another, but we start talking about music, we start talking about South Shore High School, I was like, yeah, I remember this kid, blah, 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 Gore-Tex, and he looked at me, he's like, that's me, and I'm like, yeah, and then it all dawned on me, he was like mad skinny, or anything. he didn't look nothing like it, this is 20-something years later, so we started bullshit, and he was like, yeah, and he, he gave me the nonfiction CD, and he's like, I'm, we're playing at Lamar's with Biohazard, and put me on the list. I mean, this, you realize, this is like... 2002 Yeah Yeah 17, oh, yeah. 17 years ago Of course I know this It was ridiculous <laughs> Right bro. right right Yeah It's funny I'm like what the fuck So yeah that was the last time I think I was in at Lemoore's And it was to see you guys in Biohazard That was the last time I was at Lemoore's yeah, yeah Yeah I met you briefly Go introduced me And he gave me drink tickets and shit And I was off to the radio I was all fucked up Yeah it was a, that was a mess <laughs> But yeah that was the last time I was at Lemoore's Was to see you guys It's fucking Cool So alright So now, now Alright so we could we could skip if you want. Um, right, you drop the future is now. What? Shit, what? shit gets fucking crazy. No, you guys had a fucking sick run off of that. No. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I mean, we shit. We were we were on. You know, our tour mates at that time that we used to tour a lot with was we shared management with the Beat Nuts. Okay. So during that era, like two thousand two, like two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah, three four years. We did a lot of touring with with the Beat Nuts everywhere. Yeah, all over the world. It's a classic record, and you know that um, just as much as everybody else. That's that's what everybody says. I, I appreciate that. Um, well, it's not you saying; it's everyone else saying it. So it ain't for it, me to say. I don't, it it holds validity one, if everyone else. Is I'm saying not it. one to you know. If I if I'm joking around, I might say, "Oh shit, yeah, that shit's classic." But I don't call. Them, I don't like that. I don't like doing that. People throw that word around a little bit too much. Yeah, not fiction futures now. In, in, to my, all honesty, I think it, it's a classic record. Yeah, I mean, shit. You know, it, it, it definitely, um, it definitely came at a, at, a, at a certain time that it, it, encap- it encapsulates a certain time. Sure. And um, that's that's what music to me. That's what makes something classic. If it takes you back, if you if you when you put it on. It's like hits you like a time machine, and it takes you back right back to at certain moments. Oh, sure. That's that, and and that's something that only an individual themselves can yeah. determine. That's a personal. Like thing. there's certain Tribe Called Quest songs, or certain there's just certain songs, certain Michael Jackson songs. Yeah. That hit me that way. I, it, like you can put it on, and it will take me right back. To of course. A moment. And it's bugged out because I think that's the only medium that can do that. 
You can watch a movie a hundred times. It's like, okay, yeah, I remember I watched this when I was ten, but it doesn't really bring you back. Like certain songs, and certain music, you could bring you, it could bring you back to a spot where you remember exactly where you were, exactly when you heard it, what you felt, what was around you, everything up to smells. You, you can, know why I think music is like that? Because music is so is is a lot why more so than a movie could be like that. It's because within a movie, within a movie, you become immersed. Sure. There's visuals. They're telling you what to think or yep. what to see yep. and what to smell and what mm-hmm. to feel almost. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's a movie. If you watch in an urban setting, yep. if you watch in the, in the country, you're smelling horse shit. You know? Yeah. You, yeah. Might, you might. You know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. You, might, you know, you're not literally doing that. But right. With maybe music, Tommy Rebel literally Maybe Tommy is. But, <laughs> but with music, music is, is, is real... Basic in a way, sure. Where it's it's back, it's in the background. Yeah. So, it to me that's why it transports me because it's something. It could have been uh, beat it playing at the carnival that they used to have on fucking Ralph Avenue, bro. Yeah. Remember they used to yeah. be like across the street from the fucking bridal Leston place where they <laughs> go get a wedding dress yes, right yes. across the street Holy from there shit, yeah. they used to have a fucking carnival there every fucking summer and y'all just think of the song Beat It yep. and I remember that fucking right. the merry-go-round of the teacup and they were blasting that shit yeah. and it was like hard and that shit was hard yeah the, isn't that crazy the, the drums on Beat It mm-hmm. is like punch you in the face and rob you type drums <laughs> right to you Michael Jackson saying? Beat It to that whole album right. all those drums are sampleable yeah, yeah. Rhymable, you know what yeah, I'm saying? And sure. Ro- make you want to rob somebody. Yeah. A bull. <laughs> make you want to rob somebody a bull. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, you know that's how music is, man. So if if the future is now does that for for, for somebody, uh, cool. I can see it. I can see that. I get it. You yeah. I mean? Sure. So now you have a you have a run you have a run for a while with that record and then I mean this is stuff I'm not sure about so I'll ask I guess in my first technical questions so was there what there was there had to have been some sort I mean I'm coming off the top was there like some sort of turmoil or some shit because there was a little a rough patch I guess and then you guys came out with the green CD after that. Am I right? Is my timeline correct? Nah, nah. I mean, really, what it was was that we put out, um, we put out the futures now in two thousand two, right? And two thousand four, we dropped. The main purpose of the green CD DVD yeah. was the DVD, right? We've been working on the DVD for a couple of years, okay? And um, it was it was a. Uh, the entire history of nonfiction, basically. Right. Like in like a documentary kind of format. I gotta watch that with a bunch of live stuff, you know. But it was like up until that point. Yeah. So it's like a lot of footage of you know older stuff. That there really wasn't footage of search, which kind of makes it not really complete. Right. But it was because we had had at that point the falling out with search was wasn't that long ago. It was recent. Yeah. So we purposely kind of like omitted that whitewashed shit. him out of the sure. thing but you know it's I like get it. <laughs> you can't really do that you know it's like if you're gonna do a documentary now right he'd be included in fact when we did the box set with get on down for for the future is now yeah we did like an 80 page book yes and that book is is kind of what the dvd price should have been right the complete, complete. Yeah, there's like a lot of old pictures with search and the whole story. And yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but um, you know, in, in that book, we we go into into what happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you 
want to delve into that or any of you, anybody listening wants to delve into that, if you get your hands on that box set, that, that book is pretty cool. We should probably reissue that at some point, maybe, even though we're not, we probably aren't supposed to. But the book itself yeah. maybe would be a cool thing to, to do because it's like a 90-page book. Yeah, it's and dope. It kind of explain the, the whole nonfiction history. Um, make a long story short, we had a falling out with Gore. Most of the group remained tight. When I say most of the group, the group remained tight. Yeah. The three other members yeah. continued working together, so it was no secret right. that it was Gore that we fell out with. Right. But um, Gore being my childhood friend, uh, even though we didn't speak for about 10 years, once we started doing nonfiction stuff again, yeah. started doing shows and stuff, um, it was it was cool because it was like I'm fucking. We, I bet a lot of a lot of people are happy that Gore's back in the mix with all this stuff. What happened was we went on tour and like right at the beginning, people, friends, and people around us, you know, not not really, you know, because it wasn't public knowledge that we were going to do it. Right. We we were rehearsing and kind of getting reacquainted with each other yeah. for about a year before we did that first show. It was like a Cypress show at uh, at the Nokia Theater. Yes. And we, we it was with Lakoka, it was Lakoka, Vinny, Immortal Technique. Um, and we brought nonfiction out during Lakoka set. But we, we were talking about doing that for, it was planned for yeah. about a year before it even happened. And the thing is, it could have not happened if during that year we wouldn't have, right. you know, had any chemistry. Sure. But the chemistry was cool. So that was the start. And, um, from there we did a tour and actually on that tour me and Gore got to hang out for the first time like in years yeah like, you know what I mean because doing a show here or a show there yeah you're not like, really you're not hanging out right. you know what I mean we got to really hang out and we reconnected you know what I mean we reconnected we, we, um, we kind of like you know kind of um, we, we built we built on things from the past we, we talked a lot through a lot of shit yeah and you know we, we just buried the hatchet on a bunch of shit yeah. you know and, you gotta uh, do that shit not even just your situation just in you know, certain things you just gotta fucking let shit go yeah and you know what um it's really cool it's been cool and and, and um people all the time are like well what where's the non-fiction record and where and why isn't there a non-fiction record and it's like you know if and when there was gonna be a non-fiction record um it, we knew and we intended it if it will you know if it will happen that it should be a natural thing absolutely and that's what this is you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like if if on the west coast now too Sabak's on the west coast so really he's more the the one that's not in the mix as much and not able to be in the mix as much right um as far as doing non-fiction stuff but as far as me and gore me and gore have we have an albums and more worth of material. If we wanted to put out a nonfiction album tomorrow, I would Sabak would just have to come to New York and record a bunch of shit. Yeah. Like he'd be the one that we right. have to record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so it's it could happen. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just one of those things where I, you know, why complicate things anyway, you know, because yeah. once you put the nonfiction tag on it, it's like people expect it to be some some this or that. Yeah. 
you know, and really like the song I just put out, you know, with the video that let off Cannibal Hulk yeah. with Gore, Hulk Me. Yeah. To me, that's a nonfiction song. It's retarded. It's so it's it like, what, yeah. who cares what you call it? If you call it nonfiction or right. if it's Ill Bill and Gore-Tex or if the next record Gore puts out, there might be a song with me, Gore, and Sabak on it. Right. And is that nonfiction? Of course. Call it what you want. Call it you know what, what you mean? want. But technically, it's a nonfiction song. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, shit, if you listen to, to The Future Is Now, um, I would say... Uh, we were not the type of group We were more like Leaders of the new school We were not the type of group That was on every single song Or even Brand Nubian they, right. they were not on every every All three members Were not on every single song Right You had a Sadat X solo song You had a A song with just uh, Sadat And uh, Jamar You had a song with Just Poobah Yeah Same thing Nonfiction First album Cult leader You know what yeah. I mean So Um yeah, man, I think if I do an EP that has four Gore-Tex features on it, and it, it, it's not fiction. You're getting not fiction. Not fiction is more than just a, a name. So, uh, it's more than just a title. That's just that's just how I look at it. You know what I mean? I agree. If, if I, anything, I agree. I agree with you. everything what you're saying. And if anything, if we want to be whores about it, yeah. we could slap nonfiction on a CD, and it's gonna sell. Sure. More than a uh, ill Bill Gore-Tex CD would sell. Yeah, just that way. It's funny how that shit works. That's right? just go. That's yeah. just how brands are. Yeah, that's how shit goes. Yeah, so this shit ain't about money. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if it was, we'd have did. We'd have did the nonfiction reunion album four years ago. Yeah. You, you did? Sure. So I get it. So when did you? So so after nonfiction, you go straight solo. Yes. Right. Howie Abrams signed me to Warner Brothers. To his he, shout he, out uh, to Howie. Yes, yeah, so sir. He he. Uh, uh, Became the general manager of Perfect Game Records, which was his label. They gave him a label. Okay. And, uh, you know, how he's ever the sports nut. Yes. The, Met, the Mets fan. and uh, The tennis aficionado. So, you know, he went with the, with the, the sports team. Yeah. Named the label Perfect Game. Signed the Lords and signed me. And um, the good thing about that deal, the best thing about that deal... The two best things about it were that the budget was incredible and allowed me to do things that I had never been able to do before. And that's when you dropped What's Wrong With Bill? No. No. What's Wrong With Bill had already came out. All right. Well, that's the ill Bill. So I'm thinking solo record ill Bill. Well, but the thing is, what What's Wrong With Bill came out while nonfiction was still, still together. together. Yes. Well, that's when All The Dying so came out and all that. Right. That's like, yeah. So... That's something else. That okay. was that came out through psychological. That was neck. That's neck. Okay. That was that was fully. I'm a network. little fucked up. Right, so if we're, talk, if we're talking about after nonfiction, yes, it was. That was like when I I did the deal with Warner Brothers right. solo deal and and started with La Coconostra. It was gotcha. all around the same time. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. And um. Yeah. So the two things that that I would say was that the budget was really good, and that um. When it came time uh, to put out the record, uh, AOL was like Warner AOL went through huge, huge changes and fired like a third of the staff. Oh shit! It went from like like it was like seven hundred people got fired. Fine. And uh, luckily, and I come to the second greatest thing about the deal was that 
how we worked the key man clause into the contract that basically said, if he leaves, I leave with the record. <coughs> wow. And um, that's something, because I got lucky that I did a deal. Most people do record deals with fucking snakes and fucking slime buckets. Right. Scuzz bags and shit, right. shitheads. Right. I did a deal with a friend. With that actually that, that I was able to actually do a win-win deal. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where, where, you know, after they fucked him over, they couldn't fuck me over. Right. You know, and he, he made note of that. And it was great because really right after how we stopped working at Warner Brothers, uh, we brought my record. Originally, we would bring it to Strange Music, but that didn't work out. But Howie started managing me at that time. Gotcha. He was co-managing me with uh, Strong Management. Okay. Vaughn and, Vaughn and Kenny. Okay. Shout out to Vaughn and Kenny and Strong Management, Vaughn Lewis. Shout out to them. That's right. Right. So now, what year, what time frame are we talking? This is now, we jumped up, what, what, what are we, in 2000? This is 2006. Five, I was going to say 5, 6, okay. Yeah, 2005, 6. When did you drop, all right, now... I ain't listen. I have mad respect for all your shit. I, everything from nonfiction shit, and I ain't trying to blow smoke up your ass because I don't do that. But I just gotta give props when they do. From old nonfiction shit to solo shit to heavy metal kings to everything new. Kill Devil Hills to me is like. Top ten, possibly top five hip hop records to me personally ever. Word. Does that fucking it's 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 retarded that record, and it's like I said. Word. Before, Thanks for listening, man, bro. I like it, man. It's on. It's on, and I think I've actually said this before. It's constantly on rotation, constantly. This shit in that. It's like a stupid question, but it's like how the fuck. Like, there's so much information on that record. Like, I, I was inspired. I, I was inspired by by something because that tell, shit had me googling shit. Like, like, there's so much you spitting on there. I'm gonna tell you what inspired me to make. Talk to record. me about that record a little bit. I want to hear about it. <laughs> that record. Um, are you familiar with the records that Muggs was doing at that time? The Not first, as familiar. Versus records? He, I know he did the one with Jizza. He did one with Jizza? Yes. He did one with Planet Asia? Right. And he did one with Sick Jacket before he did mine. Before yours. The, the one, no, the one he, well... Jizza came out after you. Chronologically, chronologically, Jizza was first. Okay. Jack was second, and Planet Asia was third, and then and then I did the record. Right. My record with Muggs. Uh, so fucking retarded that record. But I was inspired by the Sick Jackin record. Okay, that's that's really what was was sparked the dire- the direction and subject matter of that album. Yeah, because it's was basically like like um um I wrote it in my mind, even though it's it's it's, it's weird, you know. If you look at it if you. Peep it from how I'm saying it, but I I wrote my my album with Muggs from the point of view of like part two of what Jacklin was doing. Like Jacklin okay. was part one, okay, and mine is like part two, okay. It's like my angle, right? Yeah, and I don't know why, but I had to write about something. And it oh, was, you wrote was, about something, and I was inspired. Like I was like, it, it, I felt that because I out of all the 
out of all the Versus albums, yeah. the record with Jackin is my favorite. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, my, my record is, is whatever. I don't want to speak for my own record. Right. I'm saying out of the, let's say, you know, I, I love the record I did with him, but if we have to if I have to pick my favorite, it would be Jack. It would be Jack's. You know, Jack's one of my favorite MCs. Yeah. Period. So, um, yeah, man, that that like props to Jack because like that record blew my fucking mind. The shit that 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 versus record with Muggs. Yeah. And um, even down to like some of the way the production sounds, I was looking for stuff like that. Like I, I want. I want like there's a couple of beats on that Jack and album that I wish was on Kill Devil Hill. Right. You know I mean? Yeah. But um I feel like you could put both those albums back to back and they have some kind of some kind of some connection. continuity connection. In my mind they do. Right. You know cuz that's how I thought. Yeah. That's how, you know what I mean? Well, that shit fucking came out. I was like, "What the fuck?" It was like a new like to me, it was like a new level of shit cuz it's like I was talking to Tommy on the way over. It's like there's so much information on that and it's like when, when you find yourself, all right, hold on, and you pause the shit, and you got to start Googling shit to make shit, it's, it's like, you can learn fucking lessons with that record, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That wasn't intended, was it? Nah, not really. I mean, I, you know, um, nah, it's not, not, not that it was intended, but... Um, There's a wealth of knowledge in that record. Yeah, you know what it is? It's sometimes, you know... I grew up I was always a really big fan Of um, KRS-One Yeah And Boogie Down Productions Sure And that's another record I would say was, uh, That's another artist Or uh, A bunch of records That that's, was inspirational You know and Maybe that influenced That record a little bit too uh, There's an album I think it might have been BEP's last album before he went solo Yeah It was called Edutainment Yes And it's kind of a slept on album It is But it's one of my favorites Still one of my favorite albums Period Really Yeah it's, and, and You know Just the name Edutainment Yeah like At that time Like I was always looking for new information I mean just When I first really started getting into that side of You know That type of subject matter that Yeah Side of the Side of the, the spectrum uh, I was Uh Buying a lot of books on the street, like subway subway station <laughs> type uh-huh. situation, or House of Nubian. You know, mm-hmm. like there wasn't a lot of places you could find uh, Behold the Pale Horse, or right. you know, shit like that. You couldn't. It wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, you know, the People's History of the United States of America. Like yeah. Noam Chomsky is, uh, I think, required reading in colleges now. Is it? Back then, nah, it, was just, yeah. it was subversive. It was like, uh, oh, you're a communist if you read this book. Yeah. Like, communist, I, I'm not... I just want knowledge. Political, I just want knowledge. Yeah. Like, it's not, fuck, fuck all that. Right. You know, but um, I used to go to this communist bookstore and get crazy fucking books on fucking how to be an anarchist, how to build bombs, yeah. shit. Well, you listen, I mean? yeah, yeah. just because, like, listen, I'm fascinated with serial killer shit. It doesn't mean I'm gonna follow, I'm a fucking serial killer. You know what I mean? I just like like Manson. Like you said, Necro went up on stage in '92 or whatever it was with a Manson shirt. I oh, probably yeah. owned the Manson shirt at that time too. Like I watched Helter Skelter. Me and Vinny actually, we were going back and forth one day, talking about how he hasn't seen Helter Skelter in years, and then he watched it. He's like, "Yo, it felt like an after-school special." I'm like, "Yeah, but." At the time, time and place when I watched Helter oh, yeah. Skelter when I was seven years old, fighting for the big TV. 
Because my sister wanted to watch the Brady Bunch, but I won it. And I watched on the big TV, Helter Skelter. My shit was, I was like eight years, seven years old, eight years old, watching, talking about, learning about Charlie Manson. What? You know what I mean? So, like, just because I'm into that shit doesn't mean that I condone it, you know what I mean? Or if I want to do those things, it's just fascinating to me. What the fuck makes people do these things and follow these people and all that? I think it's fascinating. So, like, when I listen to all your, so like, especially that record, you know, Secrets Worth Dying For, there's so much shit in there. There's, it's, it's just... There's just so much shit, and it's awesome how you refer to it, like there's a lot of William Cooper and stuff like that. So it's it's smart shit. It's, it's people. I think that people who listen to that, that you need to fucking have a brain that works in your head in order for they, them to even have a, any kind of comprehension of what the fuck you're even talking about. Because it's not dumb shit music. It's like it's it's intelligent shit. It's ignorant. It's it's intelligent ignorance. Right? I mean, I'm gonna tell you what's brilliant. One, one thing I, I that I feel about that record. More than anything else, and I'm makes me feel good though that you're saying what you're saying because I feel like a lot of people didn't get that record. I fucking get that. I'm I, glad I you, listen. I, I keep. I try to find new shit in it. I, I thought. I thought that a lot of people. The kind of reaction I got was that, like, you know, like when they like um, trying to tell Nas he's trying to kick too much knowledge. Like, like oh, I like trying to kick knowledge. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That kind of vibe, almost like a yeah. little bit of resistance, like to a little bit too much information. Nah, you know what I mean? But, there ain't no, there know? ain't no too much information. Well, I mean, and, and but for me, from an artistic point of view, it's perfect. It's what it is. Yeah, you know what I mean, but um, but I'm just, I'm just telling you at the time, especially at the time when it came out, uh, it's one of my um, most underappreciated records. For really. Sure. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's like, to, to me, it's, 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 it's up there. It's one of my most slept-on records. Like, what just? How you saying it's your favorite? Yeah, I don't hear that a lot, and really? I'm glad. I'm glad just yeah. to hear you say that. But I, I wish I heard more. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put it the label as favorite because, like I said before, I even said all that. Like, I love all your shit. And I'm not just saying that, but that record. It's just something about that record. It's because it's 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 like the way you spit it all. It's it's all it's street level shit, but with a fucking inte- with with mad intelligent subject matter. It's a crazy. Well, I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, I don't know. I listen to that shit. Like I said, I ain't bullshit when I say it's on constant rotation. It always is. Whoa. Yeah. All right. So where do you want to go from from Kill Bill from from Kill Devil Hills? Well, we just skipped over the Coca. I know we did. I know, and we cannot skip over fucking LCN at all. And I mean, truth be told. You know, when I think I just—I think I just had to get that Kill Devil Hills off my chest. That's why I just. When it comes to stuff like this, <laughs> bro, we could sit and talk for an hour about right. each thing. Oh yeah, each yeah, thing. yeah. It, it's one of those things where yeah, that's that's why like, you know, this these these are dangerous. They are dangerous, bro. <laughs> how long do you think we're going for so far? It's like two hours already. Hour and forty. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> So where do you want to go? Let's get to some problem. What? What is it? Let's, let's just instead of going through everything. I mean, you want to talk about Coca? I think you have to talk about Coca. Um, shit. La Coca was uh, the brainchild uh, of Danny Boy. And Shout out to fucking Danny Boy. He's a fucking sweetheart of a guy. Absolutely, and uh, a genius of a guy as well. Like his vision for. Um, Logos. I was gonna say branding, branding, yeah. And just everything is on another level. He's he one of my idols for the, for that. Like I always watched him. Like and I learned. You know, he's one of the people that before I ever met him and knew him, I was learning from him. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then once I got to know him, I wanted to, I, you know, like, I, I, I studied, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a student. So sure. he's one of my, as far as, uh, you know, merchandising, um, logos and all that, he's like a mentor. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's just one of those dudes. Even if I'd never met him, I, I'd be like giving up props. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I, even if I didn't know Danny from, from anywhere, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we never met. I was always like, yo. Yeah, I never, I never really had like, I seen him at a show once or twice real quick, like after House of Pain show at the Palladium with Biohazard back in the day and all that shit, but like, you saw me when, when, when I saw La Coca at the, at the Voltage Lounge in Philly. And I was backstage. I, I just I hit up Danny to see. I honestly I didn't I didn't want to harass him. I didn't want to take up his time because I know it's at a show. But I asked him to do like you know ten fifteen minutes real quick. You know a little quick in and out thing. He invited me backstage. Next thing you know, it's like if you would have told me like in nineteen ninety two when Jump Around was everywhere that I would be in two thousand at the time two thousand eighteen backstage in Philly talking to Danny Boy, not even about anything about music, talking about the outsider's house. Like, and I almost felt like I was overstaying my welcome. You know what I mean? And I was, I was kind of like, all right, well, trying to cut it short because I felt like I was imposing. But he was like, no, no, no. Next thing you know, he'd start going. So he was like a sweetheart and a humble, like the most humble dude. So just real quick, it's like the weekend of, I think it's June 7th, 8th, and 9th in Virginia. There's a thing called the All-Star Comic Con, which I'll be there definitely on the 8th. I'm going to go down to Virginia because Danny Boy is going to be there talking about the outside his house and his whole Delta Bravo thing that he does. And um, also with C. Thomas Howe, Pony Boy from the outside. So I'm going to go down there. It's down in Virginia, so if you guys want to look, just look up All-Star Comic Con for everything. But I'm going to roll down there to get out of the neighborhood and go support Danny and shoot the shit. What is it? Is he said it's in June? It's in June. June 7th, 8th, and 9th, I think. Yeah. So it's in Virginia. It's called the All-Star Comic-Con. But I'm going to go down. It gives me an excuse just to get the fuck out of the neighborhood just for, for whatever. And I'll go down there and I'll go support and I'll say what's up to, to Danny and talk about the outside's house and whatnot. Word. Word. I'm sorry. Back to La Coca Nostra. <laughs> uh, so that's, like I said, that's, Dan, that's, that's Danny's creation. Yeah. He created the logo. Uh, that's something that he, he was already doing with... Uh, Left, shout out to Big Left and and Slam. Mm-hmm. And um, Danny at that time, uh, I think the idea was for it to be a mixtape. La Coconosha was going to be a mixtape. Okay. Um, you know, That's or, or an album or something. It was just going to be like a project. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, those guys, they, they could tell you better how they came up with the name and all that. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, to play on the Cosa Nostra. Right, but these guys was fucking like doing mountains of coke and it was like not Danny but like slamming these dudes yeah. were partying. They tell they tell it's a great story. Yeah, I'm sure. It's not my story to tell. I got you. So anyway, um Danny sent me a, a bunch of tracks and was like, You wanna you wanna, you know, jump on any of these if they catch catch your ear or whatever, you know, I'd appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like whatever you, you feel like doing you know and it was it was like pretty much if nonfiction hadn't broken up yet publicly we were broken up in private yeah you know what I mean so we weren't really doing a lot of stuff and I was you know I was like recording solo stuff and all that but recording if you you know from a solo point of view you're responsible for a lot more sure and one thing I've always loved about being in a group is that 
camaraderie. It's like playing playing sports. Same thing as being on on a softball team. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Or playing fucking football. You sure. know, with, the, with, with the homies. And, and Absolutely. You're part, you're part of the team. You know what I mean? It's like everybody plays a different position. Yeah. You fucking come together. You form like Voltron, and you do some fucking monumental type shit. Yeah. And I've always loved that about a group, and I've always liked playing my position in a group. So when he sent me the five tracks. I was feeling really inspired, but like, um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, bored at like, you know, just rhyming by myself because I was doing a lot of solo stuff at that time. Yeah. So instead of just rhyming on one or two of the tracks he sent me, I, I rapped on all six of them. Yeah. Sent them back to him. Blew his mind. He was, didn't understand. Like, he called me up. He was like, bro, you rhymed on all the tracks. Did you well, mean to do that? And I'm like, yeah, I meant I'm like, to yeah, I meant to do that. I'm like, yeah. it's good. You like, you feeling it? Is that okay? Yeah. And he was like, ah, that's what's up. I can't believe you did that. You know, like, yo, this shit is crazy. From there, it turned into like within two months, I was in the studio with House of Pain. The first time, the three of them were in the lab together in 15 years was when me, Eric, uh, Lethal, and and Danny recorded Fuck Tony Montana like started it wow so um, that in itself was crazy I, and yeah I was, and even though like I didn't really know these dudes like that like you know like I, I had met Everlast before you know and I've, I've met I'd met Danny before that might have been if it wasn't the, if it wasn't the first time I met Lethal it was like hello goodbye in the yeah. past but like first time I ever hung out with him yeah so it felt Fucking pretty fucking cool to be yeah, in the studio. Fuck yeah! With House of Pain, knowing that they had been in the lab working on new music together. Yeah. in over ten years, it felt special. I mean, that's just, it, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's special, and it made it special. And, sure. And, and that really carried on through the first few years of Lakota. Yeah, you know, that feeling, and uh, you know, nothing lasts; things fall apart, and yeah. it's not it. it Ended up not being the same. It's not the same as what it was then, but can't front. No. Same as nonfiction. Those first few years of mm -hmm. nonfiction and those first few years of Lococo were very similar in the sense that they both had that energy, that new energy, you know? And that's something I'm lucky that I, I, I can say I'm fortunate to have been able to experience that not just once with nonfiction. Some people only get it once. Yeah. I got to do it twice. I grand poobah the shit. <laughs> grand poobah had masters of ceremonies. Yeah. And then he had brand Nubian. Yeah. Second group. Yeah. So I I get La Coca's my brand Nubian. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you guys are going on a tour again soon too, no? Did yeah. I see yeah, something? Yeah. This I summer. Saw, yeah, this summer. I saw some on somebody's Instagram. Maybe you I don't know, somebody's. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be in Europe. Yeah. You guys still fucking keep doing it, and it's a beautiful thing that you guys can actually keep doing this shit, That's man. right. No pun intended. That's a Lacoca song. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. All right. Shout out to everybody in fucking Lacoca. Now, where do you want to go from now? You want to do? You want to skip? You want? I mean, like you said, these things could be dangerous. We go from Coca into whatever, and then Kill Devil Hills. And then, where do you want to go from after that? Uh, where do you want to go? I mean, the thing is, it's not. I mean, I you know, it's like I could, I could. You you might want to pinpoint something specific, or there ain't no pinpointing. There ain't no map here either. I don't care. We could go. 
It's, all, it's up I, to you. I'm I, off. I took the day off of work. Because I'm not Mr. The thing is, I ain't missed the controversy. I'm not going to bring up anything that's going to be. Well, you don't you have, have to. You don't have no, to. No, no. So what I'm saying is, though, if you bring something up, that's on you. But Right. No, I'm not even intending on bringing up controversy. I'll make this shit real boring in like two minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Even though shit that might be some whatever, da dun da dun shit to me and you. Right. Everybody that might be. Like all the shit we talked about earlier in yeah. the podcast, to me. Might be more interesting Than talking about Some of this music stuff Because The thing is The music stuff It's been talked about Right I mean it's been It's been done Right not, And it's not to say That there isn't something new Or a new mm-hmm. But that's on you gotta, well, You gotta come with that You gotta Well I don't do interviews So if you don't Okay so if you're not Gonna do that Yeah But I'm, I'm just I'll just tell you like this I, I love just talking about Brooklyn you So know let's talk mean? about Fucking Brooklyn I mean, we could You know what I'm saying We're in Brooklyn right now Absolutely I, I actually I moved out a couple of times back and forth, but I always came back. You Circumstances. Know, listen, I moved to I moved to North Carolina. I lived down there for a year. I got I lived married. In North, I lived in North Carolina too I for lived, eight months. I lived in North Carolina for four years. Oof. And uh, you know, where in North Carolina? I lived in the Outer Banks. I was in King, North Carolina. It was about a half hour from Greensboro. Where the fuck that North, is on North the map? Carolina, I couldn't tell you. Nah, North Carolina is a big state, but like yeah, where, I where I lived, uh, where I lived at was kind of very beachy, uh, like touristy, vacationy area. I was very in nowhere, like an hour from Virginia Beach. Okay, uh, we would probably yeah. we'd probably take six hours to drive to probably, five, yeah, where yeah, I was probably, at. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was work shit though. Yeah, I man, I was born, like I said, born and raised in Canarsie, lived on East ninety East ninety third between L and M, then eighty fourth and M. Then I moved to. Rockaway for a little while with my real father. My parents got separated. Then we moved back to 78 between Glenwood and Farragut. And then after that, I moved to Howard Beach. And I went to, like, fucking school in Ozone Park and shit like that. And I lived then, on 83rd between them and them for a while. I lived on By 80, Seaview. Over there by Seaview. Yeah, I was on 84th and 84th and M, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the hood. That was back in the day, though, man. That was, that was times where there was kids everywhere. Fuck. It was a different time. It was a completely different time. The whole sh- it was everybody was out. My mother yelling out the window, screaming at it's me. It's crazy because you drive through Canarsie now and say like nobody's out. It's not just Canarsie; it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Kids ain't don't don't go outside anymore. You go, you pay, you go, yo. On the truth fr- is, kids be there. They be on their iPods, man. Old well, I said iPods. Yeah. I sound mad old. Yeah. <laughs> iPad. They yeah. say iPad. Oh yeah. Because they ain't on no fucking iPods. No. The RFID chip soon. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like on a Friday night, you 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 drive past any schoolyard. They ain't nobody nah. out. Yeah. And remember, nobody. it used to be packed. Packed. Every like schoolyard, and then there'd be beef. One schoolyard would oh, walk yeah. like eight blocks to the other. There'd be forty bottles getting That's thrown. That's all. That is over, man. It's all over, big brother. Yeah, you know. And we're big brother. Yo, I ain't big brother. But I, you know what I'm saying. I'm not no, saying well, me or you no. per se. I'm saying all the assholes nah, with the fucking phones out. No, you saying like that piece of shit fucking dude who was kicking the old lady. You saw that? I saw it. Right? Yeah. Every one of those motherfuckers on that train needs slaps. Why the fuck you? What are you doing? They've been brainwashed. That's what. What are you doing? Yo, that's what it is. It is what it is, and it's sad. It's like, what are you doing? There's this dude. He's kicking an old lady on the train. You're desensitized. What are you doing? Yeah, this is crazy. For your little fucking Facebook likes, stop it. What are you doing? Nah, this shit is crazy. This yeah. shit is crazy. I mean, you know, all this shit, all this shit is bugged out. You know, but. So you have you went from Farragut Road to where'd you go from there? 
You know what? We what? didn't speak about Howie. We need to talk about Uncle Howie, I think, man. All right. We can do that. I didn't know the man personally. All right. So I don't even know where to go. He was there that night at the reopening of Lamar's. I didn't meet him, though. I might have met him, but I was very intoxicated. Oh, there was a lot of intoxication that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so rest in peace, Uncle Howie. But, I mean, obviously he's woven into the fabric of, of everything. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. That's crazy. I mean, what do you mean you don't know how it happened? He's your uncle. Nah, but it's just crazy, though, how, like, it's just, you know, certain, certain things sound good on paper. Yeah. But when you really think about shit... It's it's cool to see it happen. Like when people say speaking things into reality, speaking things into existence. Yeah. You know, or you know, or seeing things. You know, like visualizing shit. Yeah. And making it a reality. Manifesting shit. Yeah. Well, you know, all all of that is is really real shit. Yeah. It's, just, it's the. I mean, that's why they say it. It is the truth, and that's it. That's all that that Howie shit is. Like how people. Because that's just my uncle. You know what I mean? It's like, it's laughable. Right. To like, you, right. Know, because you have a completely different perspective, but to everybody on the outside. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a fucking trip to me. People come up to me talking about my uncle, and, but it's, you know, it's not their fault. It's my fault. You right. Well, you put them out there. I put it out there. <laughs> of course. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, but sometimes I forget. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think about it. Right. And like. You know, it's my own fucking fault. But, no, absolutely. So but, I'm not but, guilty for asking these things. Nah, but he loved it. Right. He loved it. He loved it. That's that's the only reason why we kept doing it. Because, like, if he would have been, like... Because I'll tell you what, man. Sabat, uh, you know, I'm just going to mention this, even though he might get pissed at me. But I'm going to mention this, this. This part's on you, not me. I'm giving you the platform, but no, you no, say what you say. No, I'm going to give you an example because he had a similar situation. Okay. Where he had a family member. I'm not going to get that, that deep. All right. Okay, but whatever. whatever. What I'm going to say is he had a family member that has si- um, similar situation that my uncle had. You right. You know, similar, similar, similar type of person. Okay. And he put them on blast on a couple songs. And that created a problem. You know, he got he got bitched at for mm-hmm. it, you know, like bitched out. And uh I get it, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people might be like, you know, family members are like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you airing me out? Right. Like, you know, and um Howie was the exact opposite. It seemed that way from the outside looking in, it seemed like Howie was all good with it. He was all good with it, he loved it. You yeah. know, and if anything, he he was almost proud of it, which in in a way is dark and fucked up. Because a lot comes with that, yeah. because he almost perpetuated his, his his the way he was living. Yeah, he was a really smart guy too. If you yeah. got to know him, and it was almost like a waste. You know, he never had any kids. Right. He never really. Um, so, without me really going too too much down that path of like how like he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Right. Right. I think the reason why he was so psyched was because I was able to take. A lot of negative shit that he did, and or or a lot of whack shit that I remember seeing him do. Yeah, and somehow I, I, me and my brother have spun it into, and I would I would definitely have to say that me and my brother don't do it the same way. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how we present Howie yeah. is different. Yeah. But 
even though we might and we and we don't necessarily agree on how it's presented, but right. Howie never gave a fuck. He right. loved it in which way right. it was presented. You know, you know how people uh, like attention, yeah. like how you know everybody loves social media nowadays yeah. and is all you know psyched to, to you know that yeah. people might know who they are. Yeah. How he had that without Instagram, right? Oh, how, yeah. Our albums were his Instagram. Absolutely. Our albums were his MySpace. Yeah. Page. Yeah. You know, and his whatever the fuck. He didn't have to go on YouTube and become a a, a YouTuber. Right. No. No. Not uh, at all. <laughs> we put him on our fucking records. Yeah. So our our albums, my label is like was like a fucking YouTube channel slash. Yeah. Social media for my uncle. Yeah, and what's crazy is like there's so there's so many like little recordings and snippets of how he talking and this and that and all that. My, stuff uncle, that. my uncle would be on the L train randomly going to Manhattan or be on a the B six bus going to Bay Ridge or wherever the fuck, and he would just come on the bus and ask for a transfer, and motherfuckers sitting on the bus would be like, "Your uncle Howie, no shit, recognize his voice." From the skits, yeah, he has a very, very distinct, distinct yeah. voice. Even though you could tell he's from Brooklyn and he sounds like a thousand other motherfuckers, yeah, no one really sounds quite like him. No, he had he had that like that Howie shit. Yeah, you know that Howie shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always it, it sounds corny too, but like I'll listen like like the like the this is the plus his name is cool. Uncle Howie's cool as fuck. Yeah, fuck yeah. Everybody, when I would when I would make them hip, them hoodies, anybody from the dudes that worked at Supreme. Yeah, you making any more of those things? Anybody, you got anything lying around here? Uh, I need something, Uncle Howie. Man. We'll talk after the podcast. Yeah, we'll talk. But um, <laughs> but point being, like people thought Uncle Howie was like a skate brand. They like it just took off. People just liked that name. People it's like beautiful Uncle, Uncle and, Howie Records. And a lot of people have their own Uncle Howie. Right. Yeah. You know, you know it might not be Uncle Howie, it might be Tio Julio. Hey, there you go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But he might Julio's a bad a bad like look. Anybody named Howie? Yeah. Probably smoke angel dust at least once. That's a bad boy. That's a bad boy name. Like Julio, you yeah. might have a switchblade. You might. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I fucking get it. That's why you know, firstborn son could be Howie, but I don't know. I don't know if I want him to be a Julio. Or right. You know what I mean? Right. Why Let's not? See. Name him Howie. Let's see. That'd be cool. I don't have any boys. I know. Well, maybe, 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 maybe you gotta bless the planet with another offspring or we'll a, a, a boy. We'll see what happens. Well, Howie Junior. That'd be heavy. <laughs> Word up! All right. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Uncle Howie. Um, fuck. Let's talk Cannibal Hulk. No, fuck that. Let's talk Heavy Metal Kings. Okay. Oh, we got we got some more some more coming. A, a full another record. Well, I didn't, say, I didn't say full record. I'm just saying an EP, a couple we two, got three songs. Co- in 2019, there'll be new music dropping from Heavy Metal Kings. That doesn't some, surprise me because you know, because I'm, I'm cool with Vinny and I know that Vinny is straight busy all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know yeah. that. I know oh, that. Yeah. So, first Heavy Metal Kings, another one which is right up there with fucking. Obviously not subject matter, but right up there along for me personally with Kill Devil Hills. That fucking first shit is fucking retarded. So, 
Did you? How, how did you? How did you meet Vinny? Did you? Did you know Vinny from before, way before that, or just running the same circles somewhat? Yeah, we met the very for the very first time ever. Ever was like Rocksteady reunion, and wasn't like we really met. Like, right. The first time we hung out was in the studio. We worked on uh, on a song. Um, and um, but wait, see, I still can't. I, I, I may, it may have just been Stoop that was there. Okay. So I don't know. But at some point, shortly after we first kind of met improperly, like yeah. whoever introduced us was like a mutual friend, but was like a da 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 kind of friend, uh-huh. like not the right friend to introduce. <laughs> us. Yeah, you need the right person. It should have been. You know how sometimes you, you got to be the right person. It can yeah. Go either way. Yeah. It didn't go the right, like as good as it should have went. Danny Lilka could have could have introduced you still. Oh, that Danny Lilka would have introduced us right, but I don't think either neither me nor Vinny. Knew Danny right. on a personal level at that point. Right. Plus, Danny Luca would have never been, <laughs> been at there. Rock Steady. I, I know. Not I his. Know. Not yeah. Not I his way. I know. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um. But but. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. That's a good know. part. Let's say I'll give you an example. Like if if uh, Hoya from Madball would in, would have introduced us, maybe that would be a better person. I don't right. I, I pull Hoya out randomly just because I know you know Hoya. Right. And he's a good friend of me and Vinny. Right. Like someone like that, right. yeah. You know, it was like a, it was some wasn't somebody like like Hoya, it was like a da da da. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. So whatever. But uh, a jobber. Some jobber, yeah. It was some fucking so, you know some dumb shit. Some retard. Yeah, there you go. But, so so then I mean eventually <laughs> eventually eventually you guys obviously come up with the idea to do heavy metal kings. Now, let me ask you, you don't have to, you could just nod yes or no. Is heavy metal kings is that the little snippet from the mob deep lyric? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's from the song. There's a the, you know, we did the we did a song on uh on um the Jedi Matrix album. Yes. Um ser- servants in hell. Good. Um, kings in hell. Servants in Heaven Kings, Kings in hell. hell Yes Yes I'm the worst With fucking album titles I'm a little bit Fucked up too There's so much Information between Your well, records Jedi Mind Tricks has, Jedi Jedi Mind Mind has like 20 albums It's though. retarded Because it's between Them and then Army of the Pharaohs Then Vinny Then right. your shit You're That's talking 50 records It's a lot of they records They get fucked up Yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get all fucked up. Because right, there you go, yeah. Because, you, you, well, you skipped over all of our coca shit. Like, yeah, well, it's a little overload going on in here. There's a lot of shit happening. So, all right, so you eventually make that record. But you guys really didn't tour on it. No, we did We toured, We did tour. No, we, did we, you? We didn't tour really on the new one. We toured no. on that first one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, we talked for some reason. No, we did Canada. We did. We did we, me and Finn were just talking about that the other day. Yeah, we were talking about the first Heavy Metal Kings tour. We toured, uh, we did like 20 shows here in the States. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I flew, I flew, flew under the radar for me. I don't know why. Nah, and the only reason why, I for, I'm forgetful of shit, but the only reason why I remember is because we were talking about it recently. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's constantly on fucking rotation, too. And then, uh, all right, so plus, plus, when nonfiction did a recent... Reunion, reunion. Where we were like doing touring. It was with Jedi Mind. We Tricks. did Europe with Jedi Mind Tricks. Yeah, yeah. Which was retarded. Years, yeah, it was like three years ago. Yeah, it was really. Good. Which is probably retarded. Yeah, yeah. And it's this, it's, and, and it, this comes up a lot, whether it's hardcore music or metal, or even hip hop. It's completely different in Europe, no? 
I mean, crowd-wise and shit. It's Europe fun. is just Europe is is um, more uh, uh, fueled by fandom. And Wait, what I mean he, by that, what I mean by that is, they really, really go berserk out there in a way that they don't do that here. They'll, they'll do that here for more like pop stars right. here in America. Yeah, you'll see motherfuckers go crazy for 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 stuff here in the states, like other stuff, like Comic Con type shit. Like yeah, more of a fever. Right for, for stuff like that, video games got got oh yeah got more of of the states under under you know lock and key yeah Europe though its music is king and always has been and it hasn't changed that's beautiful so that's that's all it is yeah. you know what I mean whereas another thing that people take take for granted when comparing America to other places it's a much bigger nut to crack because of the size, the sheer volume of the population yeah. in America dwarfs any country in Europe. Europe in itself combined 15 countries. Yeah. There's a union called the Schengen Union that has, you know, it sounds fucked up. It's called the Schengen Union. I know because <laughs> people in my circle have been banned from Europe. And okay. That, that union is the union that bans you. Right. Not me. I'm, I'm a nice guy. Right. I've actually, I'm, I should have been banned actually. Alright. I'm Th- sure. Thankfully yeah. I, I got lucky. Alright. But that's another story. Yeah, we don't have to get into the. It's film. already, you know, it's whatever. Neither here nor there. <laughs> Statute of limitations has expired, but regardless, we don't have to. We don't have to add that stuff. Yeah, because I don't know the laws out there. Right? <laughs> anyway, but uh, what my point being is, it's easier to fucking make waves in Germany than it is in America because Germany's the size of New Jersey. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you take fifty Germanys to be America, you know, or uh, yeah, yeah, or, it's, or, it's or, all tw- or twenty-five Germanys. But you dig what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's, so it's, it's not really fair to compare. See, you know what? And, and but, like, so it is what it is. I'll tell you what, though, people, because all the time people ask me, "What's your biggest market? Where are you the biggest? Where are you the biggest?" I would say when we perform live shows, people go the craziest. Yeah. In Europe and in Canada and in everywhere but America. Right. America is just a different. Temperature, yeah. crowd-wise, at least for what we do, yeah, the kind of music we make it, yeah, you know, it's not slam dancing music. No. Maybe it was in '92. It, sh- it should be, but you dig what I'm saying? I'm it, fucking. You know, I'm, oh, I'm listening. It, 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 but it is slam dance music in 2020, 2019, and beyond in certain places, yeah. Canada, Europe, places, you know, and South America. Oh my God! Oh yeah, I'm sure they, they go crazy. Yeah, but if you ask me overall. Where I have my most success and my more listenership and more streaming and more eyes and ears on my music, America is number one. Right. Always. But Always live is over across the pond. It's just a lot. Of, it's just too many Americans. Yeah. There's so many of us. Yeah. It's just, that's what it is. So, I, you know, I have plenty of American fans, but it's just, I think the way it works is when you're from the city and you speak that, 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 that Brooklyn shit you yeah. speak that city slang that, yeah. you know they call us down south you live down south so you know they call us city slickers yeah I was a Yankee or, or you were a Yankee or a Yankee or whatever uh-huh. shit is real that's yeah. a real thing yeah you know and um, I think regionally people support 
where they're from and who they're from, what they're from, you know? So yeah. we get in where we fit in. So when we do shows in New York, L.A., you know, Miami, you know, the more New York, yeah. Philly, Crowds, yeah. Boston, you know, places where people might have a family member that might look like someone from Goodfellas. Right. Someone that might, you know what I mean? Like hey, who might look like Tootie. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Where, you know, hip-hop has gotten so big, bro. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like people fucking from Missoula, Montana have their following there. Yeah. And might draw 4,000 kids. Yeah. And then might not do shit anywhere else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's equivalent to being a, a huge rapper in France. Right. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. See, and, and like and you can you can make millions off yeah. of that. See, like like this has come up before, especially people in bands. Like the difference between here and there, but nobody has ever articulated and put it into perspective like you just did. Yo, bro, I told you I, props. Yo, bro, <laughs> I, I get better and better with age, man. Yeah, it's see, like, even I'm like you know bottle of wine, Bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, see? it's a new moniker you could add to William Cutting bottle of wine, Bill. Right, but I literally get better daily. Like, uh, it's right. not like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't fucking <laughs> you know, being fucking stupid. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, cool shit. All right, now, so now we'll go. The whole premise and basis and idea that came up for Cannibal Hulk, which is out. And tomorrow, the song Cannibal Hulk video drops tomorrow. That's right. So peep that shit when it comes out. And also, uh, Hulk Meat has been out. And you should be smartened up to it. But if you're not, look that shit up and share that shit. But what came, what, the whole concept and the idea behind Cannibal Hulk, how'd that shit come to fruition? Well, Cannibal Hulk, um, because it's a whole heavy concept. It's it's okay. It's you know, well, just to make make it clear, it's an EP. Because people are like, is it an album? Is it an LP? Is it a project? What is, you know? Nowadays, people put out albums with seven, eight songs. It's called they call it an album, right? You know, it it, it probably sells better by calling it an album. I, at the end of the day, people don't even buy shit anymore. It's everybody also stream, ADD. Everybody streams everything now anyway, so who cares? Call whatever the fuck you want. Right. I, I look at it as like an album. To me, it's more it's more of like an album because I just think it's a short album. To me, an EP is four songs. Right. Three, three songs, four songs is an EP. That's what I picture. An EP, EP is too. a seven, eight songs. You no. know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's just, that's a short album. I mean, Master of Puppets was eight songs. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, Rain and Blood was ten songs and the same length, yeah. maybe a few minutes longer than Cannibal Hulk. Right, one of the greatest albums of all time. So it's whatever. But having said that, uh, Cannibal Hulk. Who the fuck wants to hear a whole fucking sixteen songs of uh, eighteen song fucking monologue about Cannibal Hulk? Anyway, it doesn't. Maybe I do. I don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't. And, right. and, and truth be told, people. Thought when we first started uh, talking about the EP, long before it came out, we started like teasing it and, and dropping little, uh, uh, you know, JPEGs and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, people thought it was gonna be me rapping about Bruce Banner and I'm fucking. Bro, I'm not trying to fucking get sued. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there's no. only there's only so much I can do, and sure. I and I know the laws. So, you know, and. 
also me being a huge Marvel fan and rest in peace to Stan Lee. Yeah. I'm trying to disrespect nobody and I'm not trying to get sued. So, right. um, I started really simply with something that I always thought was corny. It started with my brother and Hyde always calling me Ill Cannibal. And I never called myself okay. I never called myself Ill Cannibal <laughs> no. until many years of them bombarding me with it. Like Ill Cannibal jerk off. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. like I'm some kind of jerk. Right. Really, Ill Cannibal is not cannib I don't know. Right. I'm just saying. Right. It is what it is. <laughs> right. But then it, then it turns into I got fans coming up to me. Ill cannibal. Oh my god! Hashtag Ill cannibal. Wow. So it's turned into this thing after all these, after all these years where I'm I'm ill cannibal. Right. Fast forward to me <laughs> doing a record with with Stu Bangers. Right. Who is 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 an overgrown fucking gorilla of a dude. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean he's a fucking like he's a gorilla. This guy's in the gym. Yeah. He's a fucking real fucking gym creep. Yeah. And he's he's serious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he looks like a fucking monster. He yeah. looks like Stu He's not Lou Ferrigno. He's Stu Ferrigno. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Call it a, a gym creep. Yeah. <laughs> so we try and listen. It is what it is, bro. Yeah. It's not listen. It's a compliment. I wish I was a drink. I wish I was a gym creep. But you know. But anyway, so this is a compliment. Hey, Stu. Don't listen to this guy. I'm bigging you up. Hey, listen. You're Bronx a fucking Stu Bangers. You're a fucking gym creep, and I, I, I wouldn't have it any. That's the way it's got to be. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to be any other way. So, no. But in all seriousness, this guy is a fucking. He's a he's fucking muscle bound. You know, he's an animal. He's like the fucking Hulk. So mm-hmm. we were thinking about what are we going to call this record? You know, what I mean? like you know and. I'm I'm really like I can't stand generic shit. You right. know? Yeah, I like shit that fucking that's gonna catch your attention, and I always think about it from my point of view. What would catch my attention? Right. You know what I'm saying. Ultimately, when I make music, I'm making music that I like. You know that gotta pass my test. Yeah. You know, gotta pass my my taste test. You know what I'm saying? Sure. If I like it, then y'all can hear it. You know what I'm saying? And um. You know, Cannibal Hulk just came to me one night, and I was like, "Yo, I liked it, that shit." You know, I was yeah. like, "Yo, it stuck." Yeah, and I mentioned it to fucking Stu the next day, and he was like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right, you know, I'm glad you like it, bro. Now I have to write it." You know? <laughs> yeah. So you know, but then from there, I started thinking about it, and you know, it's it. I've always fucking loved the way. Angel Dust was branded oh, in New great. York City. Yeah. Yeah. I always loved when, the way they put the fucking Purple Rain on the fucking on, on the little fucking... I still have a Crazy Eddie envelope, a legit one. Yeah. With love, the sticker on I the envelope the, and everything. And, all the, the Crazy Eddie branding, Purple Rain, all that shit yeah. was always dope to me. And the more I was thinking about Cannibal Hulk, the more I was like, wow, wouldn't it have been dope? Even it could have just been called the Incredible Hulk. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Motherfuckers would have smoked the shit out of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Imagine, instead of fucking Crazy Eddie on the, on the little fucking yeah. envelope, you had a fucking, the Hulk's fucking face. Yeah. Bang. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or even just the Hulk's logo. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? It was probably sheets of acid with Hulk on it probably back oh, in the day. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah. It definitely was. So, you know, fucking, it just kind of evolved from there, bro. You know, where it turned into a thing, you know, where I, I'm a big fan of rappers that turn cannibal and eat their girlfriends, you know, like. <laughs> I follow those rappers' careers a little more intently. Uh, is that a thing? It, it's a thing. You it's know? a thing. Okay. So shout out to Big Lurch, you know, who <laughs> who uh, who also inspired Cannibal Hulk. Big Lurch, aka Antron Singleton. There's a song on the record named "He Put His Government Out There" because we really wanted to salute him, you know. <laughs> and um, that's that Cannibal Hulk shit. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that. That's that. That's that cannibal hole. Fucking, you know what I mean? Like, fucking wet, wet shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Dip, dip the Newport in the embalming fluid. Yeah. Type shit. And then Pull it, the filter it, out with your teeth. Thing. And, 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 it ain't, and it ain't just dust. See, that's just where it starts. That's where I kind of came up with the idea to brand it with the, with the, with the, um, Andre the Giant has a posse kind of thing. Cause Which is fucking hard as fuck. I'm sure that, and, Really, it's more than just dust because I've smoked a lot of dust over the years. And Me thank, too. Thank God. Listen, I know people that did fucking horrible things like fucking put an M80, like smoke a bunch of dust, put an M80 in their mouth and lit it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Shit like that. Like people yeah. we grew up with. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank God I never did that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was a different way. When I was Bro, you wouldn't have shit. a face right now. This guy is still around. He fucking <laughs> half his fucking mouth, his lips are blown off. If he wants to smoke a cigarette, get the fuck out. I of wish here. there was a fucking camera here so I could demonstrate how he smokes a cigarette. <laughs> I literally have my hand over my mouth with a little bit of my finger split open where the cigarette would go, and this guy would be like, and it still smokes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. I gotta meet this guy. Yes. Is he in the neighborhood? He's around. I don't want to put him on blast. Okay. He's, He's a mutant. He's one of those mutants. He's a mutant. Brooklyn mutants. <laughs> <Nice. still around. laughs> yeah. But, uh, listen, this is what dust did to people, but it's not just dust. You know, Cannibal Hulk is crocodile. You ever heard of crocodile? Holy shit. In Russia, That's they the, fucking... Yeah, it, does it, like, it, like it, melt your it, arms it, yeah, off it turns into leprosy? Yeah. You know, it's whatever, bro. It's Listen, it's a cornucopia of nonsense. It's a cornucopia. It's, it's a every, horn of it's, plenty. It's everything and nothing. <laughs> right. It's it's everything you want it to be. Right. It's K2. It's spice. Right. It's bath salts. Yes. It's acid. Well... It's brown acid. Brown, the brown acid. The, the bad acid. The bad acid from the Woodstock. That's right. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's everything and anything bad. You know, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, oh, it's not really the Hulk. You're not rapping about David pa It's like, no, you don't get it. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, if you don't get it, it's not for you. Right. That's what it boils down to. And I'm okay with that. I've, I've come to the realization that... The reason why the people that really love my music, like that really love it, love it, the reason why they love it is because it ain't for everybody. Right. It's nah. just for them. Yeah. Yes. It you is. You know what I'm saying? And I'm good with that. Yeah. Because all my favorite bands are like my music anyway. Right. So it all worked out. This is what yeah. it was supposed to be and that's what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Cannibal Hulk is about people that fucking... Smoke a bunch of whack drugs and, and then and put think, pineapples and, in their mouth well, <laughs> and blow their face off. You see, you're gonna have to re-listen to that track. Oh, oh no, that's oh, no, the cow, there's a pine, pineapple up the ass. They put it in Hitler's ass. Yes, he's giving you spoilers. 
It's out. That came from a fucking Adam Sandler movie, by the way. Little Nicky. Did it? They stuck a pineapple up Hitler's ass. <laughs> Did it? My daughter didn't watch it. I never think I've ever seen that movie. Horrific. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking, it's crazy, man. Fucking, you know... Cannibal Hulk evolved into, you know, what it is. And, you know, listen... I gotta do this type of shit to keep myself entertained. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, how many Project Hallways can we rhyme about? You know what I mean? Like, you know, sure. Gotta throw some Cannibal Hulk into, yeah, yeah, into yeah, the hallway. The, the, the fucking people need Cannibal Hulk in their life. I think they do. And and, and, and people the like person- the artwork. The response has been crazy. Like, yeah. It's so crazy that, like, we wrap this album up. You know, it takes time between pressing the vinyl. It takes a few months. Sure. So we wrapped the album up, like, three months ago. But now, only now, like within the last month since I started promoting it, people are starting to catch wind and understand. And I've gotten people submitting artwork. There's no budget. I can't pay you for this. They don't even want money. Right. They're just like, nah, fuck it. We don't even want the money. Just post it. We That's wanna, beautiful. We want to prom- help you promote this shit. That's fucking We're feeling great. it. You know what I mean? So, yo, it's it's fucking great. It's kind of taking on a life of its own. Yeah. And you know, for me, I'm a huge comic book fan. Right. As, as much as we've talked about music and only music, my first love, way before music, was always comic books. Really? Yeah, so for me, this is all full circle. Yeah, you it's fucking awesome, man. Well, Cannibal Hulk is out fucking everywhere right now. That's right. All platforms. All platforms. Where can they get all their bundles and everything, Bill? They get the bundles at CannibalHulk.com. See that? Mate, we, we, we made it, makes it simple. Um, what's more simple than that? See? Somebody will probably still comment, where do I get it? Cannibalhulk.com. <laughs> I know. Yo, do you see how I made it easy for myself? I know. I'm sick of this shit, bro. You yeah. think I want to fucking, I want the hassle? No. All right, there you go. I, I, I get it. Cannibal, <laughs> I bought the fucking domain. That's it. Beautiful. Cannibalhulk.com, you everything. Think? You think they just gave it to me? No. <laughs> I pay for that shit. Yeah. So fucking buy shit so he can pay for the fucking domain. That's right. Yeah. Scumbags. Scumbags. Yo, once again, go check out tomorrow the title track, Cannibal Hulk. The video drops. The video drops. Hulk Meat is out. Cannibal Hulk, the record is out. Go to cannibalhulk.com. We got alternate covers. We got all kinds of colors. We got cassettes. Who even does cassettes anymore? High bias. Yeah, high high bias cassettes. (laughs) High bias. Yeah, follow, follow. Sticker packs. Yeah, the sticker packs. You got everything. Everything. (laughs) Follow Ill Bill on fucking Instagram. Yo, having a fucking Cannibal Hulk fucking Tourette's. Yeah, we're having a moment. It's all right. (laughs) These things happen. I told you, I I warned him that he he caught me on a good day. That's it. (laughs) Good shit. Yo, you want to end this with a song? Yeah, we'll play. Let's fucking play Cannibal Hulk. The title track off of Cannibal Hulk. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, bro. Good shit. No, thank you, Mr. (laughs) Acovano. My man. Tommy Rebel. The Quiet Storm. The Quiet Storm. All right. We're over here now. The paternal order of police president tells me this crop of LSD is a major threat to police officers as well as the rest of us. He says it turns normal people into monsters that possess this superhuman strength and no ability to feel pain. Feel pain. Feel pain.
<laughs> Check it. Yeah. If you ever need help after a nuclear assault, who the fuck you gon' call me? Cannibal hope. Savages approach with bangers and cannons to smoke. Who the fuck you gon' call? Call me. Cannibal hope. How your daughter been abducted by a cannibal coke? Who the fuck you gon' call me? Cannibal hope. Gamma radiated cannibal hope. Genius and dope. Who the fuck you gon' call? Call me. Cannibal hope. Yo, yo. Jump the Grand Canyon barefoot. Throw they helicopter a thousand miles from their hood. Turn green before I learn to monetize pain Mangle the coke, ill build cannibal hope Burn my eternal soul If I ever betray my eternal oath Family, friends, shoot each other in park cars At Gemini Lounge was only two blocks from March Mars Was 40 mil that got Morty killed Thought he was more wavy I call my grandmother source gravy And when the shoddy blows, adios Not proud to say my uncle How we shot dope and sold Cosby Coke Artifacts, heartbreaking like a teen Suicide, bomb attacking I Prostatic arm, listen, the pistol pop like champagne And rock like Van Halen when they had Dave Pop the strong for the milli drug dilly Young Billy with Chuck Jury in the cut grilly Angel touch gelato Remember that a brand you can trust is the motto LSD in the fruit punch It's the I-double-L left your two guns Trust me, you don't want to smoke Fuck around, transform into cannibal hope Who the fuck you gon' call me? Cannibal hope. Savages approach with bangers and cannons to smoke. Who the fuck you gon' call? Call me. Cannibal hope. How your daughter been abducted by a cannibal coke? 